0: my name is matt brown baker mayfield is playing this game by the way i don't know if that makes (laughs) a difference (laughs) oh yeah this game's over this game's over like
1: (laughs) like that's changing our mindset spike it here second and ten mayfield to the end zone to jefferson is that possible touchdown
0: and let's start the show you're just
1: looking at you trust me it's him behind that window pane 14 nothing niners purdy makes a swim move and find Ebo Samuel. are you kidding me what a play and the crowd loves it from brock purdy <laughs>
0: What's happening, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. The end of the year is right in our sights. The holiday season is just upon us, and we have nothing but great times ahead. And I just want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world. For making this possible. And in and return, we're, we're gonna going to give you great quality return. content. But before we get productive, before we get into the fun, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations Podcast on all and platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on Productive Conversations Podcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media we're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Proccovo Pod, or on TikTok at Productive Conversations. I don't know about you at this point. This year, 2022, really has... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's really a run its course. You know, we're, we're very happy we're here. We're very blessed we're here. And it's just really nice to get the chance to celebrate a new year. So even through all your trials and tribulations, like everybody deals with, it's nice to at least get to a point where you can restart, take a breather, evaluate what went right, what went wrong and stuff like that. And it's going to be okay. And that's what the holiday season's for, a time of giving and reflection and I'm just thankful to be in a better position than I was a year ago. And this year as you know has been something else. It's been it's been rewarding the fact that we are here. Very blessed to have a job. Very blessed to have an amazing support staff, amazing family, great friends, great people to podcast and work with. But um, I'm also just ready to take a breather. Uh, And just to regroup, just to get ready, just to uh, understand the ups and downs, I'm just ready to uh, take a couple days off. Um, during Christmas Eve and Christmas, to uh, understand what the hell we're here for. Very blessed to appreciate the loved ones around us, and yeah, even through a shitty, even through the shitty moments in 2022, we're at least here to uh, learn from them and overcome them, and. Thank God we have this podcast every week to continue to give great joy, give people an opportunity to show their productivity, to really discuss all these great things in the world of sports, entertainment, news and culture. And I know we've done a lot of sports lately, but once when 2022 comes to an end, once I turn 28 years old, like I said, there is a lot of great content coming your way. Probably the rest of 2022 will be NFL shows, and we are going to do our annual timeline podcast as well. But once New Year's happens, we'll have a mixture of our sports, of all the in-studio podcasts I have recorded over the past few weeks. And we're going to have some great fun with it. I've just been very, very busy transitioning into this new job. That's where most of my time has been spent with. And that's the only reason why I've just haven't had the time to edit the in-studio podcast. And one day, I really believe one day, this podcast is going to lead into an entire business, an entire and network, an entire media company, and Productive Nation will be king, queen, and everything else in between. Productive Nation is going to be a major player in the world of media someday. And we work every single day to get closer to that goal, whether it's with me creating these podcasts, whether it's Dolo creating our online content, whether it's all the people I collaborate with and you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world who are with us in the beginning part of this journey. We just thank you for getting us to this place. And we're going to have a special year in 2023 where we are better than we were in 2020, 2021 and 22. And we're only going up from here. So stay tuned as we finish off 2022 with some NFL shows. 2023 will have all new content coming your way with on top of what we have already. So with that, I just want to let you know that we are going to start our NFL podcast. We're going to reflect on week 14 in the NFL. The crew is here, the entire crew, and Alex Young, Alex Ranelio, Desmond Price, and Brian McKeon. We're going to talk about the major divisional matchups that took place this weekend, the upsets that were both shocking and aweing. We'll also get into some other things like the near upsets, some new kids on the block who are making noise in the NFL and other major headlines going into this week. Plus, we will give your picks for week 15, and as each week goes by, these games become more and more meaningful, and we're going to be with you every step of the way. So let's get the productive NFL crew with you. Right here, right now. Brian, Alex, Alex, and Desmond, it's your guys' turn once again. Let's talk about week 14 in the NFL season. Let's do it. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Week 14 saw a lot of things I didn't expect. But it was for the better. We saw some stellar division games. We saw players step up when they needed to. And now that we're only four weeks, what? Yeah, four weeks away till the end. Let's rock and roll there on this, the road to the postseason. Let's talk all about it. Full crew here tonight. Alex Young, Alex Renelio, Desmond Price, Brian McKeon. Uh, Sub gentlemen, this is a great time for us all to come back.
2: How are we doing, everyone? Good. Good.
0: Five weeks are over. We're all here now. Yeah, yep. that's right. Bye weeks are done. And like I said, we are now on the road to the postseason pretty much. So let's get to it right away. Let's talk about the biggest story coming into this season. or Or sorry, the biggest story coming into last week. There was a man who was drafted in the seventh round in the final pick named Brock Purdy. He has done nothing but win. And in his second game, in his first official start, going up against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plays his ass off. Despite one injury to Debo Samuel, which isn't as bad as it seems, things could not have gone any better for San Francisco on Sunday afternoon. And a stellar 35-7 victory. And the Bucks now are only a game up on their division, and they are in some serious trouble here. So, we'll talk about both teams in this, but we're going to first talk about Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. My question to you is, even though it's only been a game and a half, Do you think Brock Purdy can lead the San Francisco 49ers into a deep playoff run? I think it's fair to say that they will be able to make it, but with this guy against this defense that has been so, so and did have players missing, do we like what we see with Brock Purdy and he can be a special, maybe a Nick Foles story or a Hostetler story for the giants back in 1990. Uh, What do we see coming out of this is Brock Purdy Going to be somebody who is going to be playing here for a while. And is he going to lead the San Francisco Cisco 49ers to a deep playoff run?
2: So I'll start with this one. I couldn't name a better team for a rookie NFL quarterback who did have a good, a very good college career to step into a situation and be able to succeed in he has the number one defense in the league. He has an unlimited amount of weapons in his cash, and he has a great head coach that is offensive minded, um, in a, a division that is lacking as, as of recent. Um, so he's set up for success right now, um, he doesn't have to do much because of that defense in that run game, as we saw with McCaffrey and Mason, um, they went for 209 rushing yards and three touchdowns, including Purdy himself with that defense, with all those takeaways, he is put in a situation where he can succeed by just doing a game managing. Like, he doesn't have to do a lot. And I think that's why they can go on a deep run because they can rely on other strengths besides forcing the quarterback to make clutch plays.
0: And also the specialty of having a really good tight end on your squad. Not every great quarterback has that ability. But great points on that one, Mr. Bakian. And I agree with you. I think Brock, I think Brock Purdy is in the right place at the right time. Simple as that. Hey, Young,
3: welcome back. You should go next.
1: Okay, yeah, (laughs) I can go next. Yeah, I mean, I agree totally with what Brian said. Uh, He has so many weapons, so many home run hitters. It's not really hard. You can tell that guy to throw it to McCaffrey on a you know, five yards out and he could take it to the house on any play, right? You know, uh, Debo, I know he got hurt, you know, but he's expected to be back soon. You have that weapon out of the backfield who you could throw to. There's just so much talent on this team. Like Brian said, all he has to do is game manage. Don't turn the ball over. Don't be the hero. You know, just play it smart. These guys that he has around him, literally, like I said, they can catch the ball and take it to the house on any play. You can don't even have to throw bombs to them, to you know, to get big games, right? And so I think they're just going to, you know, keep it going, uh, not for, require him to do too much. And I think, you know, the 49ers' his team is really, really good. They're really, really deep, uh, and I think they can make a, a, a decent playoff run. They can just literally do the same thing they did when they have Jimmy G. You know, they don't have ask him to do too much, and they've gone on deep playoff runs before. So I think if they just kind of keep their same momentum going, then you know he can lead the way too.
3: Yeah, I mean this kid went to school at Iowa State, not really known for being a Big Twelve power, but in order to be. Competitive in that conference, you got to be able to basically score on every single mm-hmm. possession. So you plug someone who was successful at that program into the 49ers attack, which basically they'll, all they ask any quarterback is just come in here and just be semi efficient. And he's been able to do that better than Jimmy G, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks great out there. I think the offense actually takes a step up with him there. Obviously, Debo being hurt is going to be an issue for them for the next however long he's going to be out for, whether it's, you know, three, four, five games, or whatever. But I mean, the story for me from this game was actually about, like, the San Francisco 49ers, like, offensive line and their defensive lines. Mm -hmm. I mean, on offense, Christian McCaffrey was getting eight and a half yards per carry. That's insane. That's college stuff. You know, like, they were destroying Tampa Bay's defense. On the defensive side, this is the eighth time this season the 49ers have held a team to 15 points or less. That is insane. That's like Madden statistics. Mm -hmm. I mean, whoever faces them in the playoffs needs to be scared. Like the end. This is the most dangerous team, I think, in the NFL right now. I think you made an excellent point, um, uh, Desmond, because I think when you're
4: able to stop the run, and you're able to run at will, you basically have an entire monopoly on the clock. And I think that, you know, dominating time possession um, just gave, you know, Purdy all the time in the world to operate and not worry about um, uh, the situation at hand. And I think having that experience in college playing against high, high leveled uh, offenses and having those kind of shootouts and two minute drills under his belt um, in his repertoire, he's going to be able to seamlessly, you know, continue to grow in this uh, into this uh, system. And I think that, having
0: Shanahan at the helm is the best case scenario. Now transitioning to that's for the other team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, it's two weeks till Christmas. It's mid December. This team only has six wins. And for this, Tom Brady goes to his home, home buys a hundred tickets for his friends and family. and only plays a terrible game. You know, despite getting 253 yards, throws a couple picks, not advancing the ball. His team got penalties on the offensive side. Did not look good. And the next team we'll obviously talk about, especially Carolina, creeping up, winning two games back-to-back, they're only a game above the Falcons and the Panthers now. And if you're uh, Tampa, you've got to be disappointed. And it, and especially when, you're, when you still have your – Weapons healthy. It just didn't work, but this is definitely a result of that stellar defense San Francisco has and was just talked about. But and maybe, maybe you feel this way when we talk. We're going to spoiler talk about Carolina's game against Seattle next. And this, what just so happened to be another AFC, oh, sorry, NFC South versus NFC West game. With this situation here, though, gentlemen. How do you have any confidence that Tampa could win this division now? Maybe they'll sneak in, but you don't expect this team to win a playoff game at this point. Uh, this is really, this must be really concerning, and um, especially if people think Tom Brady will be leaving after this season to go somewhere else. This just uh, really sucks if you're a Tampa Bay fan. I can imagine, right? Uh, I, I, think I mean, Tom... people really thought that. Some people even would go as far as to them to win the whole NFC, and it just isn't the case. No, uh,
1: I think Tom's really showing his age and I don't I know he's saying he's weighing all of his options, uh, but I think this is the time now to officially call it um,
0: as a loser. Uh,
1: uh, well, <laughs> I mean, you can't always ride off into the sunset. Oh, of
0: course, but of course. Just right.
1: seeing this team and, and we all had high hopes, obviously, it's Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the offense. But just seeing this team just go so up and down, like throughout the whole year. I have no faith that they will go far into the playoffs. And we just saw that again against a very good 49ers team with a Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback who, like I said, playing very, very good football. They got absolutely drowsed. And we saw them happen to inferior teams and now the better teams are beating them. And Brady just hasn't looked good in my eyes, just from what I see. Uh, and he has the, the talent there. I know injuries and stuff, secure, cure, but if he wants to write his own narrative, and I know sometimes you don't write off the Suns of losing season, but I think it's time for him to to eventually call. And it sucks for us football fans. It sucks for the Bucks fans, for their future and everything going forward. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think any of us have faith that this team, if they luckily win the South, they probably a losing record at this point. Whoever wins the South is probably going to have a losing record. And uh, still
0: host a playoff game.
1: Yeah, uh I don't think any of us are going to think, even if it is the Bucks, that they will make it anywhere out of the first round. There's, Ex- there's no way.
0: Excellent point, Alex. Yeah, it's he is now he now really looks like a 45 year old man out there.
4: Well, it's easy to make someone look older when you have no one on the offensive line healthy, and you can't consistently run the ball, and you have poor coaching and poor play calling. So,
0: Leonard yeah, Fournette also looks really old out there too.
4: Yeah. Everybody does.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and, you know, they, they've had a banged up receiving core, particularly with AB doing his whole nonsense last season. Um, and God went back out in the lineup after a, a gruesome injury last year. So it's just been a misalignment and and um, with, uh, you know, the coaching staff and this this roster, guys not being healthy, not being committed and a lot of the sideline distractions, honestly, with Brady's personal life and um, a lot of other players as well. So I think that this is kind of Just one of those, um, unfortunately, one of those lost seasons due to a lot of, uh, you know, mitigating factors. And I think that he's going to have his sights set to San Fran next year, personally.
3: Which shouldn't be available to him now that Brock Purdy's emerged. But yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's coming mm -hmm. back. (laughs) (laughs) What's going to happen to Trey Lance? That's a question Uh, for the offseason podcast. I um. The Bucks look old and slow, and I don't think it's just Brady either. I mean, Fournette has 500 rushing yards on the year. He's got only three rushing touchdowns. I mean, when you're looking at Godwin, Evans, uh, Gage, Jones, like these dudes are having such a hard time getting open. Like there's there's no separation. Brady's as immobile as he's ever been. And he's under more pressure than he's ever been under. His safety blanket for the last decade is gone and gronk. And all that being said, he still has 3,500 passing yards on the air and 17 touchdowns. I mean, like, it's – I don't think he's done as crazy as that sounds, but this team is done. Like, this team is is done. And they have have a very winnable schedule down the road here, but they can't score points. I don't think it even matters. Like, whoever wins this division is going to be – is going to get just, like, bounced in the first round by Dallas anyway. But – yeah, I, I, I don't put this all on Brady to be honest with you. I think there's this is a team failure in my eyes. I agree.
2: Couldn't agree more with that. And I was thinking of free agency, like he definitely will either retire or leave. And it's just a shame that certain like dysfunctional organizations wouldn't be appealing to him because imagine Washington with Tom Brady right now with that defense and those receivers and running backs right now. But they have a dysfunctional front office, so there's no way he would join that. But like I just imagine all the teams that will be in this lottery for Tom Brady to possibly, you know, go and do another run like he did in Tampa Bay.
4: Can I interject real quick? Who would have thought at the beginning of the season that a January eighth Bucks Falcons game could be so pivotal? <laughs> because <I'm- laughs> and it's like the Bucks have to go to play Cincy and then they're going to Arizona, which is now basically virtually a bye. Um, But then they play (laughs) Carolina, and then they end the year with Atlanta, and Atlanta almost has a similar situation, but instead of um, their bye at Arizona, they're playing the
1: Ravens, and they get to go to Arizona the following week. So I think it's um, don't don't discount Colt McCoy as a quarterback. All right, <laughs> he's won with that Carolina team. Or the I
3: Cardinals mean, anyone team, right? he's
1: won with the Cardinals, so he can anyone do
3: it. can beat the Bucks in their condition right now. I don't think they should take any of these final four games for granted. I mean, they faced the Bengals this week. Does anyone think they're going to win that game?
4: No,
2: no, no chance. But what I really want to mention is no one's talking about how we're talking about age and the offensive aging. This defense went from top five to like last. And yeah. like they look very old, like the the secondary looks washed, and they were they, they were I would call them like a poor man's Pro Bowl kind of secondary where none of them made the Pro Bowl, but they were just below it. Where you know you wouldn't have to pay them big contracts, but you still got near quality Pro Pro Bowl talent. Like where is the coverage? And they're really missing Shaq Barrett after the Achilles because mm-hmm. they have no pass rush.
3: No, the last thing I want to say on this. Last year, Bucks offense, second in the league, points per game. This year, 28th.
0: It shows you the NFL is a special league that truly anything can change within a year. And you this time, NFL... it's just not going to happen. What? Oh, sorry, Matt. I was going to say, you
4: know what the NFL stands for? Not for long.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, having said that and keeping staying open with the NFC South, we saw the Panthers. Take on the Seattle Seahawks and win. Day one. Sam Darnold goes in and helps get that victory. Record Seattle loses again. You know, no kind of walker this time again. But um, yeah, things did not pan out the way um they were expected to. And now, as I mentioned, with Sam Darnold at the helm. This was a team we made fun of often. This was a team that we made fools of. And as mentioned, they're only a game behind the Tampa Bay Bucks right now. And if they can get and um, forgive me as I see who they play next week. Um, is anyone on the top of their head? They play the Steelers, which is a very winnable game. And as mentioned to Desmond, they're playing the, the Bucks are playing the Bengals, a very losable game. And they can wind up getting tied after this. And we could tie this in because the Falcons did have a bye this week. The Falcons play the Saints, you know, the worst team in the division. And this could now turn into a major three-way tie after this week. Do we expect that when we meet a week from today? Do we think that this is going to be a three-way tie?
1: i put money on it. Yeah, I'd put money on that too.
0: And having said that, now with Carolina rising with all, with, um, you know, people like Chubba Hubbard coming in, play rushing well. And then we have, like I said, Sam Donald, the third quarterback this year, they're using with an interim head coach. Are we impressed by Carolina? Do we think this will be a special story that they're going to be the ones to win the division? And I'll go and say, yes, I think they're going to pull it off somehow, some way. And, um, you know, I'll go more into that a little later, but I'm going to pick Carolina right now to win the NFC South uh, with a losing record. You know what? I would definitely... definitely
2: Desmond, you go first. Yeah, you go
0: first.
3: It is impossible to pick this division. All Mm -hmm. four of these teams... Are not trying. I mean, they are trying to win at the same time they are finding every possible way to lose. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, if you could reliably bet on any of them, I'd call you crazy. I'm going to pick the Falcons for one reason, one reason only, because they're putting in a new quarterback this week. And at least he's an unknown variable in this equation because everything else that we know from the Saints and the Panthers and the Bucks and the Falcons is all trash, as far as I'm concerned. So, I'll take the Falcons doing the NFC South right now. The Panthers have been winning but they're winning against teams who are basically just finding ways to lose like they ran down Seattle's throat this week yep. Seattle was like playing as if they had never seen a running like play before in their life they yeah. just kept running it up the middle play after play after play and it is getting gashed it was embarrassing the Seattle Seahawks defense lost that game for them and I feel bad for Geno Smith who actually is should be the comeback player of the year in my opinion
0: now, you know that's a debate should the comeback player of the year come back from injury or just come back from sucking for lack of a better word
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it works uh I mean the NBA is rolling out a bunch of different awards maybe we'll start getting you know like the well, the, the comeback tur- player of the year the, has the been turnaround more, season though. yeah but I I've I always alluded to the comeback player of the year award for someone being hurt like I never affiliated it with, with someone being like their career is over and all of a sudden they have a absolutely brilliant season
2: come back I mean, I from think being a backup
1: you could. make work better, good I'm going to try to That's... find the player that we can make it out of award named after like like I said the NBA made a bunch of new awards based on people we should find someone's
2: like you
3: yeah you did suck oh, I your name at that yeah the the
2: nick the nick, nick falls award
3: for most relevant there we go. There, <laughs> we go there we go well, but then again
0: actually, he went to irrelevancy after that so sh- I feel like you it's should just, end. It's an individual
3: top. season award. It's just this season. Doesn't matter what happens afterwards.
2: Take a little blimp. Hmm. Honestly, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick because like he was hmm, the king of funny. like you know being bad, bad. One good season in the contract year, two year deal, <laughs> first year great, second year awful, and then repeated the cycle three times. So That's the Harvard education
3: look. coming in, though. He knew when to be good.
2: Genius, genius. Why genius. would you want to be good when you could get CT in the NFL? He knows the assignment. He
3: knows. He's great.
2: I'll say one thing about this Carolina team. Um, great run game. This this interim head coach, I think, might be able to get himself a head coaching position in Steve Wilkes in Carolina just because the defense is playing phenomenal, even yeah, though because they be playing really well. The run game is very sound. I think they found their one-two punch for the future in Deontay Foreman and Chubba hubbard both very good uh running backs um and here's my question for you guys if they make it to the playoffs does sam darnold earn another year being a starter for the carolina panthers
0: absolutely Do i say yes? The, yeah
2: no say Matt?
0: I was just saying come off the bench like that and um you know just winning games i think that's the one thing to value uh, as a quarterback that can win games and i mean he he isn't doing He's not the uh, Sam Donald at USC. He's just figuring out the right players at the right time, especially after, you know, like his boy Robbie Anderson gets traded and figuring out who you can with these misfits and they're winning. So I think um, he's earned at least consideration for that.
2: And people also mind you, yeah. were you gonna say, mind you, he's been in the rawest deals of rawest mm. deals in the NFL. Like he was given the Jets under Adam Gase. Like I'm sorry, but like Tom Brady, Tom Brady. As a rookie would have been out of out of a job if he was on those that Jets team. And then he mm-hmm. went to this dysfunctional Matt Rule roller coaster and had it like imagine getting traded. All right, you had a bad season last year, you got hurt, and then getting in, you get Baker Mayfield walking in. Like, talk about it's a constant slap in the face. He has a chip on his shoulder, definitely. But like, let's see him actually in a competent offense with a coach that is actually like of relevance. Like this right here, like he's actually doing he's doing his job finally with the right tools. He's actually prepared.
3: I got one pushback for that one though. I think that if I'm the Panthers, I draft a quarterback in the first round, but I let Darnold start the year and mm-hmm. see until he trips up. Because I think that even in a bad offense, you can show how good you can be. I mean, because I think Justin Herbert, for instance, he is in a bad situation. His coaching staff is horrendous. They don't have a good plan for him. They don't really know how to use him that well. I think Sunday night was probably the best he's looked all season because they finally started like, rolling him out of the pocket a little bit, let him be a little bit more, more mobile because his offensive line so suspects. But, I mean, I, I think we've seen enough from Sam Darnold to know that he's not going to be a top 10 quarterback in this league.
1: Yeah, and, and a lot of people forget, too, for whatever reason, like last year when he was with Carolina – he started off the season really, really well, and then he went back to MetLife to play the Giants and reverted back to the old Sam Darnold. That just I don't know if it was the MetLife juju or just something mentally, and then he kind mm-hmm. of didn't look like the Sam Darnold for the rest of the season. Um, but there's flashes there again last year that we saw, and I think we're kind of seeing that. He's not going to blow you away stat-wise, but I think... If he leads this team down the stretch and gets them division, I think he does deserve another shot. And I agree with Desmond. I think you draft your your guy, the person you want, and Sam, you know, until Sam falters – he can learn and process the game because I think we need to go back to that anyway with young rookie quarterbacks. Um, and you learn from Darnold, you learn from everything else. And then, like I said, if, if all, you know everything falls apart, then, okay, let's give this rookie a shot. But I I think if he does lead them to the playoffs, he deserves another chance next season.
4: I think regardless of whether he uh, leads them to the playoffs, I think that he should still get a second chance. And the reason being is because you got – Um, A few tough games down the stretch of the end of the season here. And I think that um, there's a lot of, lot of moving parts. Um, I think the one thing that Carolina really like really needs is stability, you know, top down from this organization. The only issue is that they have a multi-billion dollar owner that's very impulsive and wants to get regime change in as soon as possible. So I have a bad suspicious feeling that they're probably going to go into the draft in the middle of this first round, um, trade a bunch of assets, you know, Laterally to get higher, a higher pick, and 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 wipe the slate clean. And I don't think that's really uh, fair to Darnold, considering what Brian mentioned about what he's been through. But we'll we'll see what happens.
0: You know who doesn't have stability. You know who makes a fool out of themselves. I'm Brady. Not this time. I mean, how did you? How do you cheer for a team, Alex? Again, this time the Raiders go against the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night. Baker Mayfield joins the team on Tuesday. And on Thursday, he gets his first victory, a comeback victory, against the Las Vegas Raiders. This team this year has lost to teams to interim head coaches who start their career middle in the middle of the season never having head coach professionals there's this situation here where you lose to baker mayfield who everybody made fun of and at the cold opening of the show we all collectively said baker mayfield's a joke and all he did was come back for uh, as part of another franchise who has their own problems and it just happens again the raiders lose 17 to 16 and a game that they, in general, seems to not have the grab. It looked really good so far. You know, Max Crosby is looking like Max Crosby. And I don't know. It's almost like they purposely don't want to help Josh McDaniels out there. And you get suffer another embarrassing loss again. And um, I don't know if we saw Derek Carr cry this time, but uh, this was bad. This was really, really bad, dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to really say besides uh this just sucked. And if there's anything else to add whether you want to denounce your fandom right now and want to join another team, uh we understand at this point if you want to start a GoFundMe to to ha- to buy the team you know that's been in the Davis family for generations, we could start with that. I mean, there's really, this is really the only talking point here. I mean Rams they they're, they're going to start baking Mayfield this week, but uh they're not going anywhere. I think this is just an example of a nice feel good story on a Thursday night because there's not much else happening with this Rams team. But yeah, dude. What's uh Mr. Ranelio thinking tonight about his Raiders?
4: I think they should probably take McDaniels to the uh the um they should take him to the gallows and never 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 let him out again i mean this guy's just an embarrassment um i told i told them i told you guys i would stop watching this team about six eight weeks ago and i stood by it so while you were trying to falsely gaslight me over the past few few weeks with a three-game winning streak woo, 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 um i was i was very happily uh uh blocking it out so i appreciate it hey man is this, there's
0: something you don't- we could always talk about how, well, how long do we stick to our teams throughout our entire life. And I hope we all live up until our 100s or whatever. But bottom line, I hope we continue to live long, healthy, special <laughs> lives. And even with our teams, you know, we're all pretty young guys. But even when our teams really piss us off and really know how to get under our skin, it it, it it i i can't really say even through the 5 and 6 years like the New York Giants have been embarrassing but it's just it's just such a parody that the fact that this team is losing in these literal comedy sketch routines of football games as i mentioned whether it's a coach who literally was picked off of ESPN to coach and win and then you have this situation here with Baker who everyone's making fun of I don't think this will exactly transition for the rest of the season, but this is, I guess really, this is the, this is the world really testing your loyalty, Alex. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. I mean, luckily I have um, lots of things to do. So my fandom fandom takes a nice backseat, particularly with this, with this team. So um, all is, all is, uh, all is good over here. There's still there. The sun will still be up tomorrow and there
2: will be a silver lining. So,
0: all right, we really respect that. We really do,
2: <laughs> Alex. You know when yeah. you know when the Raiders no longer were relevant when they pulled the index card out and they measured that fourth <laughs> down against Dallas. That's when the Raiders died.
0: <laughs> Fair point. Oh, the pain. Oh, the pain. Well, moving on. Um, let's talk about Mike White again. Let's talk about how he was not able to produce a victory for the Jets. Jets go out to Orchard Park to lose to the Bills. Mike White got his ass kicked, but he kept coming in. And, you know, that's all you have to do to have the world love you on the internet and the mainstream sports media. There's nothing Mike White can do wrong. It, it's amazing how much momentum the Jets still have, even losing in this divisional game as the Bills help improve their record and trying to secure uh home field advantage down the road. They went toe-to-toe, but major turnovers killed their chance to win, especially when we saw um, Michael Carter fumble the ball near the end zone, which cost them the game. But regardless, and um, but regardless, do we, out of this matchup, especially with the AFC East in this, what did you really get out of both these teams?
2: Um, Mike White is the future of the franchise, absolutely. So um, you would start game. him
0: right away. You would start him right next away. year.
2: This this game. You, you really to think? Me... So.
0: You really you really don't think the Jets should go and get one of these uh, multiple veteran options next year? Whether Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, dare I say Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you say keep Mike White.
2: I say keep Mike White for this reason. You have a lot of rookies that you're going to have to pay, which means that if you sign a top quarterback, you're going to lose either Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson eventually. One or the other, you know, you're gonna to have to pay Sauce Gardner top cornerback money, and now you know. I mean, that is that might... is
0: years away, though. To be you no, know, yeah,
2: but it's years away, though. But if you start, you got to remember, like, what happens if you sign a veteran quarterback and he doesn't turn out well, like Russell Wilson, and then you have dead cap for six seasons following following after. So there's a lot of things to take in. But in my opinion, he's been disciplined, he's been poised, he has a big arm. But what really impresses me is this: most quarterbacks after getting two significant rib injuries and you know to the chest and torso would just pull out of the game but what did he do he got out he got an x-ray he went back in kept them in the in the game he got hurt again and he went back in and he tried to continue to extend and try to win this game on a game-winning drive and he didn't because of a fumble but when i see him i see everything i want in a quarterback and especially in a big media New York market where I personally see as the New York Jets are like the blue collar New York team. I think over the Giants in my opinion, to me Giants is a very corporate a corporate uh, fan fan base. The Jets are blue collar boys and this guy fits that mold.
0: I Disagree. I don't think Mike White, oh. your starting quarterback next year. This uh this guy still needs to win games ultimately. You you all you people love Mike White, but he hasn't won many games. And that's the thing, especially for a Jets franchise that hasn't been in the playoffs in a whole decade. The best ability is availability, and he's had problems staying on the field before. And that's just the hard reality that this guy needs to stay on the field and produce and produce wins for this franchise. Um, he, if you could pull off these very crucial games, especially against Jacksonville and Detroit, then you have a better point. But if the season ended tomorrow, I wouldn't say start him right. I wouldn't say start him week one next year. That's what I have to say with that.
3: I would definitely start him at the beginning of mm-hmm. next year. Oh, you I, think are that, nuts. I think that I think that, I don't know what it is, man. I never lived in New York. I lived, you know, uh, next to Philly. But I feel like New York people, y'all are way too harsh on some of these athletes that, like, play for your sports teams. I mean, like, you guys, like, demand championships, like, right now. Like, Hell right yeah. Right now. Like, calm calm down, okay? Like, give the guy a season. I mean, if if we had kicked out Jalen Hurts after his first bad season, I mean, this is his third season technically right now. If we had kicked him out beforehand, we would have never gotten to this position. Sometimes you got to give people a chance. Like, build something around them. They have a good coaching staff. I think Salah's a good guy. I think he's building a great culture there. Build around this guy. Give him a season or two to see what he's got. I mean, he's under a rookie contract. I mean, you know you have a great defense. I mean... I, I don't see a, a good reason for bringing in like a veteran. Like I think Brian's correct on this. I think you got to build around Mike White. They're I mean, they might not make the playoffs. I don't know that we should even be judging That'd be Mike a huge disappointment
0: play. for the Jets if they don't make the playoffs this year. It's, It'd be really I mean, But when you very look
3: at the remaining that. schedule though, it yeah, looks set up for them stuff, that they might yeah.
0: just like stumble all the way down. I mean, This facing- game was
3: yeah the Sorry, Lions, have won this the Jags, game. the Seahawks, yeah. the Dolphins. I mean, those are all challenging. They might not win any of them.
2: They could go zero four. They're playing the yeah. top one of the, the, the top. Yeah. They're playing four top ten offenses in the league. They, they should have treated the like, Bills game like it was their it was their playoffs.
3: This week was yeah been no a huge,
2: absolutely yeah. absolutely.
1: But even and if you know, they
3: go zero and four, I'm still buying Mike White stock. I think you got to go <laughs> into the off with him as your starter. Give him that full 2023 season, and then at the end of next year, you know what you got.
4: I think if uh, you're like, a Jets yeah. fan,
3: you know what, you've won a Super Bowl since the nineteen sixties, so calm down. You can wait another year to see what you got with this
2: guy. <laughs> but again, put, I, it, Go ahead, bro. One comment. Put it like this. If they lose the next four, right, based on where everything's trajectory right now. So he's now started seven games this season, the last seven. He's would have then only beaten the Bears. But realistically, the Bills are the number one seed. The Vikings are the number two seed, the Lions are probably going to be the seventh seed in the, in, in the NFC, and Seattle and the Dolphins are two playoffs teams, and Jackson's, Jacksonville's on the come up. He's Basically, he's lost to six six playoff teams.
0: And but you know that's what? the thing, though. If you're a great quarterback, you're gonna beat these teams. Well, like we can't play games. this. We can't play, play this special game. Of, what are we yeah, talking he's about? He's, here. he's gotta games. win these games. If you're, if he's, he's as not good not as all you are playing, not... you gotta win. You, uh, you yeah, have to win only... the damn game.
2: He's only started for five or six games. Like you put it like this, ready? If you put Mike White on the Giants, the uh, the Giants right now would have even a better record than they have now because he's a competent quarterback. Like. Like there is no comparison of on anything of oh you have to win games. This it's the NFL. It happens. He's played the Vikings, who have a horseshoe up their ass, and the Bills somehow. Okay, know then why did he lose to them? That was a winnable game. He lost by Matt, what, five. A quarterback yeah, right A guy. Is, is it
0: Mike White or Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones. <laughs> it's Mike White. Easy. We I, that exactly. we're not talking about that right now. But Anyways, <laughs> put listen. listen I will say this though: <laughs> if he does in these next four games. If he wins three out of four, then I'll stand correct on this, what? and he's definitely earned his his spot. But like I said, you have to win these games too. You can't keep him close. You know. You oh yeah, I'll say no. this though. Ready?
2: Right Look at ready. Look at the Vikings. The Vikings. He did his job. He scored, and then the Vikings went down the field and scored. That's not on him. That's the defense. Now go to the Bills game. He was hurt. He still played well, and then his running back fumbled. That isn't him. He hasn't even throw a pick his own guy fumbled, which means it's not his fault. Uh, I'm just, yeah, yeah.
4: sorry. I I, I just, I got to totally agree with, with Brian and Desmond here. I just think that even if he did go and four, you have to give him time to progress because he's a young quarterback. Again, the Jets have zero to no stability in the past that they, that they can rely on. And there's going to become a payday for all these top picks that have been coming through the draft that they've successfully hit on. And in order to keep that stability in the, in the locker room, you have to start paying these guys that are producing. I think what's hurting them more than anything really is losing Brees Hall for the year, because you don't have a, uh, you don't have a a run game to rely on anymore and you, you can't keep a defense honest. And I think that this guy's made, he he's, he's, he's made tougher than a four hour steak. I mean, he, he's egoless in my opinion. I think he's just the exact antithesis, antithesis, sorry, to what Zach Wilson was. And I think that's why this team and the city likes him more than what they would have had with Zach Wilson. I just think that in this in this circumstance, um, in this offense, when you have an adequate offense um, uh, run game going, you just need a game manager. You don't need a guy to be gangbusters, be a top 10 quarterback you need a serviceable guy fifteen through twenty in the league that's gonna stay out of his own way, manage a game and um, win when you tight close games and make a couple plays when you need him yeah,
2: uh, My, yeah,
1: yeah. sorry you go.
2: last take Zach Wilson in 20 starts has thirty six hundred passing yards in six starts for Zach uh, for uh, Mike White he has nineteen hundred the man is a gunslinger <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's definitely no doubt he he definitely is good good on the release and he does a much better arm but i still think you need to this guy needs to win some yeah. games before we all go crazy
1: i was gonna say one thing too real quick just because i think he's deals ending but the, what that like helps the jets because he's not gonna demand top flight money so yes. they'll have that you take a flyer on him and like we're all saying how the team responded when they made him the starter, the offense completely changed. It looked like yeah, that is true. When Zach Wilson was there at times. It literally looked like no one was having fun on the field. It looked like, I don't even know what's going on. He starts. They were just putting up points. They can put up points now. And this team's special. And I think we all know that. I think the future is very bright for this Jets team. And you keep the guy that will keep the locker room there until they find their guy. It's not going to be Zach Wilson. It could be someone else. But everyone loves in response to Mike White, and he deserves a chance, and you don't have to pay him a boatload of money, and you can keep him there, and then you can find your guy if it doesn't work out in a year or two. But he definitely deserves a shot because of how this team responded to him when they named him the starter. Everyone wanted him.
0: Excellent point. Excellent point on that. So, focusing on the AFC East right now, we have the Dolphins, though. Lose a tough one on Sunday night. It uh, seems things were not clicking on offense. Um, let me just ask this. Justin Herbert back. Because now remember- with this win, they are, they they are back in the mix. Herbert's and-
1: there. The chargers yeah. are back. That's the thing.
0: That's a good, that's a good way to put I want,
1: it. I want to give
4: Desmond the, uh, the floor here on this segment because he was the first guy up with the pom-poms for Miami. So I want to hear an explanation.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah,
3: for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not done with the pom-poms just yet. I think um, Tua shook out there. You know, and it's obvious to see. I mean, he had a 35% completion percentage when he was in a clean pocket. So, I mean, like, with no pressure in his face whatsoever, he was still completely inaccurate. And looking at how the Miami receivers just weren't getting open. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, it just felt like the Chargers' defense just stepped up. I mean, they were locking down Tyreek Hill. They were locking down Jalen Waddell. And, and it like, Tua too. just didn't know how to respond to that. Like, he was trying to, like, force the situation instead of just taking safer throws. And I, I think you saw a quarterback kind of like get flustered and not like kind of respond to the moment. And the coaches didn't really respond to the moment either. They didn't see, they didn't find a way to kind of game plan in the moment to kind of go away from what the, the charges were doing to them defensively. So I, I think this is an all around just like L for the, for the dolphins. And with that being said, they only lost by a touchdown. So I'm not really dropping too much stock in the dolphins right now, but they definitely are having back to back like bad games right now. And um, yeah, I I think they're they're also in danger of falling out of this playoff race if they don't figure it out soon. Because I think they have the talent to be to make a deep yeah. run in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but you know, poise is just as important as talent in this league, and they're not showing any poise right now against these better teams. I guess the reason for for calling you out on it was not
4: necessarily to put you on the spot, but particularly because I wanted to have the discussion about more of the AFC hierarchy as a whole, and particularly when we start looking at the uh, playoff picture coming down these last four or five weeks because i think this says much more about miami than it does the chargers i don't really see the chargers posing any real threat down here at the stretch even if they do become a wild card team but i definitely have grave concerns about miami as a whole um not only just tua but their inability to run the ball um and you know just not having a you know a balanced attack on both sides of the ball
3: Yeah, Miami is the most unproven commodity in this AFC race. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've seen Burrow and the Bengals, you know, Allen and the Bills, Mahomes and the and the Chiefs. We we know what we're gonna get from them in the postseason. We don't know what to expect from the Dolphins because this is their first time being good. So I didn't know what to expect going into this, like these last few games, because I'm just like, how is Tua gonna respond to adversity? And we've been finding out the last two games, not well.
2: (laughs) I'm gonna have a sort of hot take. I think I, this is against what I've been saying the entire season. I think that uh after injury, he really proved that he can be the guy. The last two games have now made me realize that he is not the guy. Um, and th- this team is now open to the Tom Brady sweepstakes. Absolutely. This has been reopened because this is a team waiting for a competent quarterback who, I'm sorry to say it, Tua struggles when he gets pressure. Why? Not because he's athletic or mobile, and he's not athletic or mobile, and he can't get out of pocket. Why? He's short. I'm sorry, he can't see over the offensive line. Because I was watching the game, and I actually at one point saw him go on his tippy toes to throw a ball over an offensive lineman. Like, I'm sorry. Good job doing your calf raises mid-game, but like that ain't gonna cut it when you gotta plant plant the foot and throw it sixty yards down the field. Now he has his. He, this system is good for him because this is like a Kyle Shanahan kind of system where they could succeed with almost any quarterback, mind you. You know, this team with similar talent, minus Tyreek Hill, did well with Ryan Fitzpatrick. On you know, not with not with McDaniel, but with a different head coach. So like, if they have weapons that can be efficient with multiple you know levels of quarterbacks and experience. So in my eyes. They might want to look to upgrade just because he doesn't have – there's always going to be uncertainty with Tua. But also, since you mentioned uh, Tyreek Hill did get locked down and he still had four catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. The fact that that's locking down Tyreek Hill is just a credit to his amazingness.
0: You know, yeah, he seemed like the only receiver to really break out in this game.
2: Well, yeah, he
1: also made that corner trip over himself with his speed, which I don't think I've seen in, like, a long time. If you go back and watch that replay, I was like, oh, they got tangled up. No, he was trying so hard to keep pace that he clipped off his own cleat and just completely <laughs> face-planted. Like, it's the, it's the wildest thing. And I'm like, that's why the Dolphins brought this guy in. And that's why, you know, and the Chiefs have been fine. But, like, that's why it was a cheat code because Mahomes was just like, I can just bomb into this guy, and he's going to do something. And Tua had that same thing. He was just like, yeah, he's in one-on-one. I'll just float it up and see if he comes down with it. And sure enough, the corner tripped, just jogged right into the end zone, right? So, I mean, the Tua thing was concerning. I was watching a lot of that game. I just feel like the first half, he was trusting all of his throws. And at least these last two games, to me, he either seems rushed. He's he, he just doesn't feel like he's confident behind those throws anymore, and I don't know why that is when he has so many good weapons around him. And there's been pressure at times, but like Desmond said with the stat, when he has a clean pocket, he's still just not, you know, doing great. And he's had one of the top completion, you know, percentages in the league, so it is a little concerning these last two weeks. I'm not giving up on Tua yet. Uh, I, I don't know if it was, uh, the Tom Brady sweet space there. I don't even know if Tom Brady would be great on this Dolphin team, honestly, because I don't know if he has the, you know, arm ability to get Tyreek's ball or whatever the case, the bombs and stuff like that too again. But I think they just need to really go back to what made everything work, was get a run game early and then get to a, you know his shots to the game wreckers to the waddles to the hills. And for some reason, these last two weeks, he just doesn't have the confidence. He just seems like he's just forcing the throw and hoping these guys come down with it.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to pump my brakes here on this one. Cause it could be easy to like dog on two after having back to back terrible games. But if they go up to Buffalo this week and they beat the bills, everyone's going to be singing this different song next week.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's I definitely totally, true. I totally agree. So then, then in that case, You know, great points throughout and we'll really table it when we uh, when we talk about our picks at the end of the show and uh, see how it all unfolds next week. But sticking with the AFC East, the Patriots and the Cardinals played on Monday night and for a a team that looks so dysfunctional in the Patriots, where we have players yelling at coaches. It seems players and players were not meshing well. Aguilar and Parker, they still get a win. You know, in this game also, we saw Kyler Murray tear his ACL on a non-contact injury. You know, we definitely send our thoughts and prayers out to him for that and you know no one wants to see that but his season is done and we might not see we might not see him at all next year for how late in the season um this injury has taken place. Mm-hmm. But for a Cardinals team, the only thing to mention now this season's done for them. As Alex said, it I mean we won't get I, I won't go as far as say it. it's a bye every week, but you know, they are much more vulnerable moving forward for the final four weeks of the season. And I guess we'll see if Cliff Kingsbury stays. But with this, and what's all sucks for the Jets is with this win, Bill Belichick now has a fighting chance to stay in the wild card race with this. And I don't know about you guys, I think this dysfunction amongst them, even with the win, and when you have your your own quarterback tell your coordinator <laughs> to fuck off, whether they deserve it or not, I think this is honestly not going to work I out. Like down I, I mean, like of course it. I like it yeah. for sure, but when you see teams that really have infighting no matter the sport, yeah. it doesn't result into wins down the road. Good win today. I mean, good win yesterday for the Patriots. But I think um we're gonna neither we're gonna have to see Bill Belichick put his foot down moving forward. And if there is a coach who could do it, he is the guy. But um amongst their emotions getting to them, do you see the Patriots figuring it out ultimately? And sneaking into the playoffs, despite players and coaches not really meshing well, and especially from what I read with Patricia and Judge, it's it's uh, them leading the special teams, defensive-minded coaches leading the offense. It, it's really starting to turn into a head that is about to explode.
2: Yeah, I don't see it being feasible. I just think there's such a lack of communication between coaching and players on offense. Like, Mac Jones every week is upset, and like I think we're giving him a <laughs> yeah. lot of... uh. I think we're giving Mac Jones a lot of shit when really no one would succeed when you have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as your offensive coordinators. Like he's doing the best he can with a limited scheme. I, and, you know, I thought he, this was his best, um, like, quarterback game and just his awareness and stuff like that because he didn't have a run game because Ramondre Stevenson got out. So those big flashy plays yep. were gone. They could only really do well in the red zone and, and – at the run, and that's just because it's only 20 yards. It's, you fall forward you get a quarter of the way there. So, like, it's not that difficult. Um, and he really – he hit open a lot of wide receivers. hit open a lot of wide receivers and tight ends. They got open, and he was able to dig and dunk, and he did his job. So, you know, I don't think the ruling is out. yet still on Mac Jones. But they need – like, this is an indictment on Bill Belichick. Like, what are you doing? Like, you are this big, you know, bad – Hall of Fame, the best coach ever, like, you have a family coaching tree that is longer than (laughs) any tree in the Redwoods of California. Like, why aren't you able to get an offensive coordinator in the offseason? And don't say because Bill O'Brien went back to Alabama. You have more people under your tree. Maybe the second closest person might be, like, Bill Parcells and, like, Andy Reid. So, like, this is no excuse.
0: Well, yeah, and now he looks like an old 70-year-old coaching when you put it that way.
1: Uh, and I also don't know why, for for me, Matt, you know too, as, as Giants fans, why you would touch, let Joe Judge touch anything with the offense, especially what we all saw last year at the I end of the, the I don't know why he's coaching.
0: I don't know why he's
1: back either. He's um, coaching baseball. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, Not I mean, even – yeah, not even but I I don't know. I like to see the fire from Mac, but like Brian mm-hmm. said, like I understand why he's frustrated because he had a consistent guy who's been proven an offensive quarter to leave, and you don't bring someone in who's just I'm not saying you can replace a guy like you know, he's he's a great offensive mind, but get a young guy or someone that is just very offensive minded, who's in the new age of the NFL it could scheme stuff for you to be successful. Like we saw last year with Mac and now this year, it seems like he is like, okay, now I have to be calling stuff because these two have no idea what the hell is going on half the time. And I can understand why he's saying like, do this, do that. And it looks like it's infighting, but it's because he's frustrated. And I completely understand why is like, it's, it's the Patriots. Like Brian said, how do you not, how does you know, someone not be like, you know, Bill calls someone and be like, Hey, you want your chance? I heard you have great offensive knowledge. Even if it's college games, you want to come over here? And someone not being around, and he's like, oh, I'll just go to Patricia and judge. Yeah, I'll go to the guy who, you know, wield the ball or uh, on the two-yard line late in the Giants last season to trust uh, a young rookie mind uh, to call, you know, the shots. Like, that's smart. Uh, it's just – it's really, really weird. It's one of the weirdest things I've seen Bill make. Usually we've seen them all make great decisions. But this year, to me, it just seems like everything—it's the cracks are starting to build in New England,
2: and it's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of surprising. He's really showing that he's not this great-minded coach mm-hmm. because, like, if I'm this great-minded coach, like I'm calling Jason Garrett, like you could say, "Oh, he didn't do good against um, as a Giants OC." I think that's more of just the player personnel and Joe Judge. Like Jason mm-hmm. Garrett on Dallas led high-scoring offenses his entire career. Got Linahan. Like I can name there's there's two Dallas guys I know who the Patriots definitely know because we play them a bunch of times. There's a ton of people across the NFL at the offensive position, because in my opinion, that's the most volatile um coaching position OC because that's always the one of the first fires of an offseason. Mm-hmm. You know, defensive coaches after a year or two, they usually stay put, like in a solidify five years at least. Like it's 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 really a shame. I just I'm so confused
3: um i really hope that the, the patriots enjoyed this this win against the cardinals because it's the last win they're going to have this season the patriots are going to go 0 and 4 in the remaining 4 games here mac jones has the fourth worst qbr in the entire like league this year and the patriots offense i mean the only time that they actually do any good when they're up against terrible defenses mm-hmm. like the cardinals who i mean there were certain plays last night where they didn't even try to get in front of new england's running back they just let them go they might throw like a, a quick shoulder into but the guys were literally just like not even trying to tackle it, it it was kind of pathetic to watch the patriots aren't that good mac jones isn't that good I mean, all this talks about what they should do. It's great off-season chatter because there's nothing that they can do to salvage their season going forward, I believe. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at all. They're going to get bounced out. They're certainly not going to make the playoffs. Um, I I totally disagree that they're going to go on four.
4: They will certainly have a bye this Sunday. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah. I think there's
3: a win. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Um, no, I mean, you know, I think I I'm pretty much uh, deadlock aligned with uh, with Brian on this. But I think that most of the responsibility and onus of this um, is on the footsteps of Belichick. I mean, he's had this entire you know organization in his back pocket, um, you know, for at least a decade now, uh, if not longer. But I think that it, it, the, you almost have to be skeptical and concerned when uh, of like uh, a superiority complex evolving when you give general management ownership rights to a coach and allow him to lead the coaching staff and make those uh, positions. Um, because the thing is that we we always understood that he was a pretty exceptional coach, um, or at least that was the consensus across the league in terms of his respect uh, respect for him with, uh, with Brady. But I think that when you start delegating more power at a general manager level, that's where you start having rose-colored glasses when you're doing hiring and acquisition. And I think that's really what um, started to lead him too far off the reservation, so I think that maybe you know curtailing some of those powers in the offseason uh, may be a move for um, for uh, uh, Robert Kraft and the or and the organization. Um, otherwise, they're going to have to take a hard, long look at what they want to do as a long term plan, um, either renewing or letting Belichick move after the off season.
2: Couldn't couldn't agree more. I just want to make up one last comment just on a health standpoint um, in the NFL. It's an embarrassment how both these teams, the, C- uh, the CTE concussion doctor and the mm-hmm. league handled the Devontae Parker hit in this game. Yes. And the fact that kudos to Nelson Aguilar yeah, being a real kudos, teammate yeah. because that man saw his, his, his friend literally incoherent, lining up and struggling to place his foot straight on the line. And he actually took a knee and waved it down a referee because no one noticed that he was out of it completely, his fellow teammate. So it just continues to show me that, you know, these players really are pawns in this league. And if they want actually quality football to occur, it's time to start listening to players, you know, actually play on grass, not turf. And actually, let's so take concussion protocol and the way people get up off of getting, you know, getting crack and their head hitting the ground, a little more serious.
3: Yeah, about, I want to yeah. say one more thing before we transition to the next topic here. Uh, alongside of the the turf thing, like moving towards grass, you know, uh having better concussion protocols, like maybe just having players like definitely sitting out the rest of the game and maybe missing the next game if they get a concussion. I said it before, say it again. The NFL needs a second bye week. Especially like seeing like Kyler Murray's you know like non-contact injury, which is going to be a torn ACL, which might end his career. To be honest with you, with how he plays, this might honestly be like he'll never be the same again. The NFL needs a second bye week. There's no downside to it. You're extending the week. You're extending the league another week. It's just more TV revenue for these for these people. They're going to make more money this way, and the players will actually end up having a better like health situation, which keeps them in the game, less injuries. There's zero downside to it. I don't know why it's not just an obvious no-brainer decision. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because you hear a lot of the former players. It says like they play, and it takes them three, four days to recover. Sometimes, and then, you know, short week, if some of the Thursday night football, think about that. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's crazy. And you know, like I said, kudos to Nelson Aguilar. Whoever was the concussion spotter blew their job, and we can't Fire. have that. Um, because that's scary. God forbid something – he actually made a play and got hit in the head again. God knows what we'll be talking about today. Um, So, you know, there definitely has to be better things in place. And yeah, I totally agree. There should be a second bye week. These guys take a beating every single Sunday, and a lot of them say, like – especially to some of the older players, they say it takes them days to get back. You know, and that's how some of them – like I was listening to my friend recently. Tiki Barber said he knew his career. He was wanting to retire because – there was a player that kept on hitting him in one game and he just would go to the sideline and just be like, I just don't want to get hit anymore. Like I just, my body, I can't sleep. I can't do this. And then they have to expect to play. So, you know, a couple of days later, some of it, like I said, there's night football. So I totally agree. There should be something for concussion protocols way ramped up and definitely for the health of these players out a 2nd bye bi-week or some way that they can rest up, minimize practice in in between week, whatever the case might be so that these guys don't have these long lasting injuries I, and this stuff. Yeah.
4: I think another uh, point of emphasis too, with uh, the, the NFL is, I know that they're obviously like, you know, greedy as hell between all the owners and, 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 and with Goodell, but they really need to like um, try to mitigate maybe some of these flight patterns too, because maybe having mm-hmm. all national games and then back to back on both coasts, I think maybe having some games in kind of co-alignment where you're not getting too far astray from home, you know, week after week for multiple weeks on end, I think may also help a little bit of the travel time where players can get the
2: rest and health they need to. And I'll Just, leave you one, on one point. If the year is 2022, okay? We have all these amazing technologies. Like, I'm a structural engineer. I literally use software to build buildings. Like, that's how, like, that's amazing. that Humanity, we could do that, right? We have crash test software, for cars to measure impact and forces, right? Why, we can put microphones in helmets. Why hasn't there been any movement to literally put in, we know what a threshold of a concussion is based on force to the, and blows to the brain. You can't put a sensor in the helmet, a little cap that's, you know shows a spike when it hits a thousand pounds per square inch on your on your brain and go, he needs to sit out and get analyzed. Like, we're in modern times now. We don't have to be archaic when mm-hmm. it comes to health. You know, maybe they don't do it because every single player would, would, would come out of the game. But, like, you know, maybe the, well, maybe we need some modern, you know, technology when it comes to this. Maybe not the, you know, grab your hands and give me pressure and follow a light. You know, that works. But, like, we don't, you know, sometimes people could cheat that. So we mm-hmm. really have to, you know, actually use science to our advantage when it comes to the sport.
0: And there's a lot of great science minds out there. And the NFL is a lot of money. So let's hope for a better future ahead for player safety. And the safety of, you know, you know, just player safety. Okay. Anyways, now we're going to go talk about something that Alex Young likes to mention, right? Alex Young says, be careful when spreads are above, Was it, nine or ten points.
1: Uh, 10 points. I hate 10 point, 10 point or above spreads.
0: Well, this would be a perfect game to discuss that here. Houston was 17 and a half point underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys. They only lost by four and they almost pulled the upset. You know, watching this game, you thought, Hey, all right, Pollard scores. This is going to be a great blowout. This might even this Cowboys team is so good, especially on offense with everybody healthy and having essentially three running back, three great running backs by committee. They might actually beat this spread. But they just had a hard time cl- closing in and scoring and uh Houston's defense was having the best game of the year and they almost pulled this upset off. And it only took what, what was it? The final drive was 98 yards off uh-huh. the top of my head. And, um, if only the competent defense was back at it in this final drive, Houston would have pulled off this victory, but they didn't regardless. of win is a win. um, Again, Houston is just tanking. We know this is definitely – they are definitely getting the number one pick. And another thing you could debate later, if you're going to – who you're going to do – if you're going to keep one of your quarterbacks and mills, you're going to draft, you know, somebody else out of it. But with Dallas, though, you know, they still have a comfortable two-game lead. Yeah. Um, two game lead over the other wildcard teams. They are 10 and three, but I, is there really anything to add about the Cowboys moving forward, almost losing to Houston that only has one game that only has one win? Is there anything really to add, or this was just a fluke And they maybe were a little too comfortable.
2: I'll have two reactions to this. My initial reaction, I hate cursing on radio, but dude, we're fucked. (laughs)
0: This oh, so team. you really, you really, you really, you really, um, you really saw this as that's an alarming my, that's, game.
2: That's my initial reaction. Hey, what, what did I say last week was my worry? The cornerback too, and what happened? Uh, a Chris Moore, who doesn't even sound like a football player, went ten catches for a buck twenty-four, and Amari Rogers had four catches for fifty-seven and a touchdown. Thank God Brandon Cooks was hurt because he would have had probably he probably would have beat Calvin Johnson's record for most receiving yards in a game. At this point, the secondary at the cornerback position outside of Stephon Diggs uh, and Trayvon Diggs is in shambles. Bums, I rather cut them and sign college players that like like that like got cut from the walk on team and just least because they have heart. Like I'm embarrassed by this by the by that by the by the secondary. All they could do is hit hard and they can't cover. It's aggravating. Um, And Dak Prescott continually proves to me that he was overpaid. And, yeah, he did a game-winning drive. Good for him. Kirk Cousins has done a ton of those this season, even though we know he's whack, but still manages to come clutch this year somewhat. Like, Dak is just lucked out with 98-yard drive against the worst team in the league. So I really don't give it that much show. But, like, this team right now... Yeah, they'll beat Tampa Bay, maybe in the first, if they make it in the um, four or five c just because they have our number. But we play da- we play a uh, Philadelphia. We're going to get smoked. Like it's not even like a contest. All these numbers are just in- inflated. This team's not a good team. That was my initial thing. Then I dialed it back. <laughs> we're okay still. The defense had its worst day possible, and Dak Prescott is still rusty from the injury. I'm still worried and sketched out by them, so will to be continued.
3: Okay, well, okay. It's no fun dogpiling on the Cowboys if the Cowboys fans gonna dogpile on the Cowboys. Yeah, so I mean,
2: <laughs> oh, it takes fun. all
3: the fun out of it. Does take all the fun out? No, of it.
2: do it though, because like I'm a re- <laughs> This is what I mean when I'm saying I'm a realistic Cowboy fan. Like, should I not be afraid after that?
3: You I mean, yes. Yeah. It was a. It was a trap game. I mean. Obviously, it was a trap game. I, I think you're facing another trap game, even that's even more of a trap this week. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. But um, I thought the Texans would cover last week. I mean, the Texans like you you mentioned it, The Texans always play the Cowboys close. I mean, every Texans game that I've watched this year, like yeah, they've been losing all these games, but they're not getting blown out of these games. So it's like no. they are they look like they're trying every single game. So it wasn't going to be like oh, you're going to walk in there and blow them out. Which is why I was like. I don't know why this point spread would be so high, but I think the thing that comes out of this game for me is that Dallas seems to get bored sometimes. And they lose their their poise, they lose their composure. I mean, the defense is better than that. They shouldn't have been allowing, you know, like the Texans to control the game the way that they were. Uh, I mean, Dallas averages 27 points per game this season. They scored 27 in this one. Obviously it wasn't as clean as you wanted to. That second interception by Dak was horrendous. So, I mean, obviously there's cause for concern, but I don't know. I I still think this is a great team. I I think that we're going to know exactly who Dallas is after they face the Eagles on Christmas Eve, but I think the worst thing coming out of this week for the Cowboys was actually the news that you lost, what was it, your offensive tackle? Yeah, right
2: tackle. Yeah, Terrence Steele. Luckily, we have Jason Peters at the whopping age of 40 to play right tackle, who actually played an amazing game in the fourth quarter. So, like, kudos to him thank you philadelphia for molding this man um and we luckily next week we're getting tyron smith back so yeah we'll bump, you know we're gonna in my personal opinion you know they're gonna put him at left tackle they'll bump down uh the, the rookie smith uh, tyler smith to left guard but in my opinion i rather put jason peters at left guard just because tyron smith and jason peters on one side of the line would be a wrecking crew in the run game. And you put the rookie at right tackle just to get him comfortable with being flexible flexible because obviously this offensive line will never be 100% healthy for the rest of its tenure in the next few seasons. So he's definitely going to be the best guy who's going to have to be able to move around like Zach Martin did. So I would like to see that. But I'm upset and afraid, not because, you know, I knew the Texans would play well against them. It's just the way... That they almost lost this game. The lack of discipline, the muffed punt, the interceptions, the allowing the big chunk game, chunk yards, and the run game and the receiving yards. Like this is a un. I continually will always say it. Under Mike McCarthy, it's a very undisciplined team. They have no. He's a yes man. He's a Jerry Jones guy. It's, it's like Barry. Don't Switzer. respect
0: him sometimes. Don't respect it him.
2: Seems. It's like it's like Barry Switzer. You should watch this. Everyone should watch the thirty for thirty on Troy Aikman and how he talks about Barry Switzer who was his college coach but then when he was in the NFL he just could not rally men like after a bad practice he would end practice Drakeman wanted to literally like get people like on the line to sprint you know what i mean like you don't see that with this team like Dan Quinn would literally run these guys until they vomit until the sun goes down like they have no discipline under this okay. head coach and, and literally and that's what scares me because they quit on themselves and they get soft and this is not this is not condu- conducive football for winning a championship
0: I think it's, um, it really is like that time sorry to interrupt your point Alex but I'm just saying like Alex I mean Brian you know you really you really you really are going to watch this Cowboys team make the playoffs may even get a high seed and you really have no confidence in them at this moment Zero.
2: There's like no doubt in my mind that Tampa Bay makes the playoffs that Tom Brady beats them because Tom Mm -hmm. Brady has our number. And like, I would, would not be shocked. I like, it's just like, I just, the discipline with this team, they just get, they, they're soft. They're so soft. It's, it's ridiculous. I think it's more of an indictment on
4: the coaching, like Brian mentioned and uh, Dallas defense, because I think you may get a little bit of inconsistent play with Dallas on a weekly basis on the offense, but I think I I would argue that Houston could have won this game if it wasn't for those two costly penalties on the O line um, on the final drive. I there was plenty of time for Davis Mills to at least get them back, um, you know, in range to to score again. And I think that that you know that corner um, uh, situation is definitely not being overplayed um, in terms of you know how crucial that is. Um, I think it was a tough day for Dak. Obviously, you know, 24, 39, 284, and two picks and a touchdown. It's just not going to cut it. But I think that ultimately, you know, I I think – Uh, Some of those 10 wins so far this season are more of a byproduct of the schedule. I think that's a very weak schedule. And I think that um, this game against Jacksonville next week, kind of like Desmond alluded to, I think that's probably the best trap game of the schedule. I think that uh, Jacksonville um, is playing with, you know, they're playing with fire. They have nothing to lose. And um, they look good against Tennessee. I mean, it was like um, they they have something going on. And I think that um, Dallas hasn't really learned their lesson yet.
0: Right. So I think um, let's move on to this game because it really has more of an impact for this division moving forward. But the Eagles and the Giants, Eagles punch their playoff ticket. Giants straight up get their ass kicked. And I knew it was over when on the punt, when the punt, when the long snapper bounce the ball to the puncher's hand. And um, this was so bad. If you're a Giants fan, so great if you're an Eagles fan. It's funny how the two guys who are don't have a dog in the fight, their cameras go off. So I guess yeah. we could have a discussion between the three of us on this one. <laughs> Giants played so undisciplined. They were a mess all over the place. Another bad game for Saquon, as we talked about before. That Saquon sometimes just feels like the entire offense, and uh, not a good game for Daniel Jones. And just everything worked for the Eagles. There's a reason why they're 11 and one, and um, they almost play play a perfect football game. And you know when the when the backup quarterback comes in, and it's not as a course of an injury. It was bad. I mean. It, <laughs> Oh, luckily, all we could say, Alex, is that thank God the Seahawks lost because we even in this game coming up against Washington, we're still in the fight with it. And we know the Seahawks are playing San Francisco on Thursday. But, um, you know, the thing I have to say and then I'll go give the floor to you guys is Giants really are a year away, if anything. Not that not I still want them to get to the playoffs, get the momentum, get the postseason experience. But this team really can't do much, especially with the lack of weapons. Not that I doubt I doubt that would have helped if we had Jerry Rice and Randy Moss in their primes playing on the playing. And um it was just it was an ugly game for Big Blue. And reckon you are playing arguably the best team in the NFL. And still, they they did not show up to play.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was was disappointing uh, watching that game. Like you guys know, I was... Did
0: you go to that? No, I was in the city. You're like, Um, I knew I'm not going to waste my time.
1: I was in the city working uh, for the league. I was doing a big stream, which was fun. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, you were talking about. Yeah, so... I we had like red zone behind us before the show started, and I every time I turned around, it just seemed like the Eagles were scoring. Right, but I went back and I watched the film, and I was just like, I knew when it was fourteen nothing, like the muppet. I knew it was kind of over from there, and mm-hmm. uh, and the reason why was because I saw Saquon wasn't doing well, and I told you guys weeks ago what was my number one fear for this Giants team was what what would happen once defenses figure out. All you have to do is limit Saquon and focus on Saquon and put the ball in Daniel Jones' hands. And with the lack of receivers we have and everything like that, the Eagles use that to their advantage and wipe the floor of the Giants. And the other part of it, and I think, is we know our expectations for the season were low, and we started off really, really high. And now looking back on it, I kind of wish we kind of had like a up and down, but still where we are now because I feel like – since we started six and one and it's, you know, we're like, oh, okay. This is like such a great season. This is looking like a promising season. And then the wheels fall off finally. And we're at the level of where we all thought we were going to be in the off season. So this was kind of the game where everyone kind of realized, like, we have a shot for the playoffs We're it's great, but due to lack of weapons and all these other things, we're just not ready yet. And it sucks. Yeah. It's disappointing. Um, but there's a lot of factors into it, and like I said, now these defenses this last month have been stop Saquon, and the Giants don't oh, know what to do. Lost
0: four of our last five. and
1: and that's that's what's happening. And we lost <laughs> four of the last five, and it and it sucks, and it's brutal. Um, and Desmond is gonna you know be happy with seeing what he saw and everything like that. <laughs> um, but you know it was disappointing for the Giants, but the Eagles showed why they're still one of the top teams in the league, and. They took advantage because their game plan worked extremely, extremely, extremely well. And yeah, they just exposed every single Giants weakness on both sides of the ball that whole game.
3: What do you got to say, Desmond? Um, I'm not going to spend too much time focusing on the Eagles. I mean, I was happy. My team is good. Well, no, it's more or less because like, I don't have anything to criticize. I mean, because honestly, being an Eagles fan growing up, You know, watching the McNabb years, Michael Vick years, the years that led up to Carson Wentz and, you know, so on and so forth. Eagles just had a a streak so many years of finding like ways to like blow it in the big moments, you know, and this team looks poised. So I'm in I'm in a holding pattern right now. I want to see this Dallas game. Like, that's what I'm waiting for right now. Like, I don't want to like look ahead past the past the Bears, but I need to see what we're going to do against the Cowboys in Dallas. Like, that's that's what I'm waiting for right now. I feel bad for the Giants. You know, I, we were given Dayball so many, like, good praises in the beginning of the year. But since October 23rd, their only win has been against the Texans.
0: <laughs> and that's, <laughs>
3: that's an indictment of this one coach won. that was apparently so great and was galvanizing the locker room so on and so forth. Um, Saquon Barkley was said to be having like a neck injury that he was dealing with going into this game. Mm. And I knew that like, that was going to be be the end of it for them because he's their whole offense right now. If he's not special, the giants don't win. You know, they have a very mediocre offense. The last four games they've scored 22, 20, 20 and 18. So they score about the same amount of points every single game, but their defense is also letting up 28, 31 and 48. So you can't be a mediocre offense with a horrendous defense which is what they are currently. And so I am backing off my original thought that they could get into the playoffs. It feels like they're poised to slide right out and maybe the Lions might steal that spot from them. I want to give a
4: little love to, uh, real quick. Uh, shout out to Brandon Graham. Three sacks, four tackles. Um, Three of the Phillies on uh, total seven sacks for the game, which was just a complete domination.
0: Yep. Uh, now I'll let's... Say... Quick, 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 thing, quick, then quick. Yeah, quick, and then
2: we'll transition. Hot take: I don't think you guys are a year away. I think this team is still like very far away because you have a boom and bust running back who's going to eventually fall off drastically. That's just the name of the position. No quarterback. Your best receiver is Richie James Jr. and Darius Slayton, who are borderline wide receiver. Don't threes. diss
1: Isaiah Hodges like that. I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, I'm just joking. You have, I'm just joking. your
2: tight end. Your tight end is a tight end. One, he's a good tight end, but on defense, like you have. Maybe like, I don't know, half of your roster on defense could stay next season. Like, you guys aren't close. You lucked out against, you won against an overrated Titans team, the Panthers, who are the Panthers, the Bears, Packers, Ravens, and Jaguars, and Texans. Like, they're not playoff teams. Like, you lucked out on schedule. Like, I think it's coming down to the Giants where maybe the more fools gold than the Minnesota Vikings, I would even say, this season.
0: I was the one who did say the year, the year, the year away. And Alex had a better way of expressing, just not ready yet. And that's what we'll see what Joe Shane does in the offseason. But at the end of the day, we still are in contention for a playoff game to be a playoff team. And you can't take that away. Playoff team, even whether we deserve it or not. And we'll see on Sunday night a game that's flexed. Again, we know that Daniel Jones has had a hard time winning in prime time, which has been never. But focusing on the here and now, let's just focus on Washington and go from there. And if you know, I'll say, well, if we lose, better chance for a draft pick. So we're playing with house money there on this. So yes, it's true we're not ready yet, but we'll see what the future brings and what we do with Daniel Jones. And again, that's a discussion if they want to put a franchise tag and pay him thirty-one million dollars after. But with this and a uh, very much a statement that could be true with what Desmond was saying with Detroit playing uh, Minnesota they went 34 to 23 and they were here to stay they're here to play Jared Goff had Jared Goff had an amazing game For 330 yards passing a few touchdowns in there uh, the return of Williams adds more life to this offense Everything was clicking. Um, And for people who thought that Kirk Cousins at the 1 p.m. hour was going to be special and just wasn't special enough. Detroit now really making a push for the playoffs. If Dan Campbell and you just wish if you're a Lions fan, if we just won some games earlier in the season, we'd be in a more comfortable position. But it seems now that Minnesota are frauds, even at 10 and three. It seems as the weeks go by that they are, um, that they really are under. They are they even though the wins show they're winning. They they have a lot of work to do with their first year head coach, and then uh, Detroit. Like I said, people really are high on Jared Goff and what uh, they're pulling off right now. So out of this game, what really stuck out for the future of both teams, who, who have interesting futures ahead, going into the rest of December.
2: I would say Jared Goff is the guy, and you got to use that pick on defense this season. It's a no brainer to me. Like, he's putting up top 10 quarterback numbers. He's around six, I think, in QBR, 20 TDs, like seven or eight interceptions. And he's probably, what is he in passing right now? Uh, He's eighth in passing. Like, he's doing everything he can. In my opinion, they have the best young wide receiver trio in the league with Chark brown and williams now so like they're doing well and then when it comes to minnesota the defense is just really holding this team back considerably and uh yeah they need to find a defense this offseason that's going to be because the offense is there they have jay jetta like dj hawkinson feeling like they have weapons Dalvin cook like it just they got to be able to hold on to leads
3: yeah i um the Vikings are frauds, and I hope that that one guy on TikTok sees this. Um,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, he frauds. was going nuts, he was going <laughs> off on me for no reason. Like,
3: yeah, I find his name. You gotta
2: just look at reality here,
3: man. I mean, the Vikings have 10 wins and they have a negative point differential. The San Francisco 49ers have nine wins and are plus 120 points. You know, it, it's not even comparable. The Vikings have lucked into so many of these wins they're not a good team this is the most overrated like two seed i have ever seen in my life whoever they play the seventh seed i don't care if it's the giants the commanders the lions i don't care if like the panthers sneak up into the seventh seed whoever the seventh seed is will (laughs) Mm -hmm. beat the vikings in that first round wild card matchup vikings are trash that'd be a home game for them too and and you know what I feel bad. Minnesota fans are great; they're loyal. I think they're a real fan base, unlike some other fan bases in the NFL, which are trash. But <laughs> not this team is not good. Uh, Lions quick take here: Brian's 100 right. They need to they need to like reinvest in this offense. Golf is good. The receiving core is good. The running backs are good. Go get a D lineman or a DB. Like you got to like go all out on defense this year because the offense is for real.
0: Yeah. Well, like, by the way, shout outs to the guys named Big Bug Jank. My official Twitter call, Big Bum, Bum Up, aka the Tag Team Champ, aka Cody Owells' manager. So, uh, okay then. Whoa. You were saying, Ryan? Uh,
2: no, I I wasn't saying anything.
0: Oh, you sorry. Go, yeah. I thought of that.
2: You go. Alex. I'll go after.
4: You. Um. Yeah, I'll keep it quick. I mean, I I definitely am still gonna stick by Minnesota, but I I do agree that there's some um there's definitely some truth to the fact that they're no different than the seven seed in terms of how weak some of these teams in the NFC are outside of San Francisco and Philadelphia. I think after you get past San Fran and Philly, a lot of these teams could um, win on any given Sunday if they're head to head with one another in the playoffs. I would make the argument that Detroit has a chance to win the, win out the rest of the games this year. And I think that firmly they probably will make the playoffs um, all things considered. Um, I think that Jared Goff, played near a perfect game, um, as good as you can get. And I think that people are just not giving him the credit that's due because he's been around the league and people know what they know of him and his reputation with the Rams. Uh, I just think that uh, this team, Detroit, is hot at the right time. And I think that um, i got to give a little bit of shout-out to the defense because they did keep Dalvin Cook to 22 yards on the day, and I thought that was really impressive.
1: Yeah, and I was just going to say with with the Lions, I think we all knew their offense was there uh, most of this year. Uh, it was a defense that was kind of losing them games late. Um, props to Goff, I think they found a system that works for him like he did when he was with the Rams, and we know how successful he was early on with that. Um, and he's just having a great year. But I think the defense as of late has really turned it around, and I think – like everyone said here, they really need to focus in the draft on this defense because I think we're finally going to eventually see a Lions team that's good. That's shocking, I think, for all of us to hear. But I think the future is kind of bright with this Detroit team if they spend their draft picks correctly. And they probably – I think they have a good amount of money in salary. I could be wrong, but they could make some splashes in additions to their defense this offseason. Um, and with the Vikings, yeah, I, I agree with everyone. I think they're flawed. Uh I think that's anyone a nice way to say, yeah. beat them um, compared to a lot of these other teams that we're seeing where we think that they can make deep runs. I think this is the team we think is probably going to be an early exit, which is surprising with their record. But if you're comparing them to the 49ers, you're comparing them to the Eagles, <laughs> they can lose to any of these bottom seated teams. So, which is crazy to think, but we've seen it, you know, before. So, Uh, I think they're very, very flawed. I think they're very, very beatable. And if they, you know, don't get this defense on track in these last few weeks, I think they could be upset in the playoffs. I want to just clarify, too. Like, I'm not – I
4: think two things can be true with this Minnesota team because I think that very much like – I I I like I do think they're a real team that is just winning a lot of tight games. Like I don't think, but I also don't think that there's any difference between them and the seventh seed. So mm-hmm. just because they have a, a minimal point differential doesn't mean that they're not winning effectively and winning fair games. I think there's a lot of good elements to this team. And there's a lot of things that are being paid due um, week after week that they're um, that they're winning on they could hold their hat on. But I totally do also agree that there is really no difference in the field outside of San Fran and Philadelphia and NFC.
0: Jacksonville played Tennessee at Tennessee. And at one point it was a 14-7 game. And then Trevor Lawrence helps lead this offense to have 29 unanswered points you got to be... Oh, I really think uh, Trevor Lawrence is figuring out the NFL system. Yeah, I mean, he's playing really well. Um, You know, the future is bright in Jacksonville. They won't make the playoffs, but um, the big thing, and people really wonder, can Trevor Lawrence make in the NFL? I think he's really proven in the last few weeks that he can. And he's staying healthy, too. I don't think he's missed one game yet since his rookie year started. So props to there. Um, We're reckoning. A couple weeks ago, he had a he had a little injury problems that people thought might sideline him, but he's back again and uh, helping produce wins. And Tennessee is, um, they, I think, they're also a flawed team. And if you don't have Derrick Henry, this team might be a might be winning only two or three games this season. Derrick Henry had a great game, but it seemed that um, no one else can uh, compete with them, especially with the firing of their GM last week. Tennessee, I think. Um, if they make the playoffs, they won't be lasting long, and I don't really think there's much to discuss here, but Mike Vrabel, if he only had better players, I really think he, um, he'd he be one of the best coaches and really revered. He, I think
2: if the, sorry, go ahead, Brian. I think if they were smart this offseason, they would trade Derrick Henry because I think they need draft picks, they need assets. This team is nowhere close to winning a Super Bowl with him, and I think that They're at seven and six. I think they might possibly finish with a losing record. Uh, Like if you're going to go 500 and barely make the playoffs, just lose and tank and get good picks. You know what I mean? Like at that point, it doesn't matter. Um, And he's an aging asset on this team. And the window for this Super Bowl, in my opinion, is over because every year he plays, he's going to get worse and worse and worse. That's just the name of the game at running back. So I think they need to consider everything on the table, like blowing up this team.
3: Yeah, I, Um, I agree. Because I mean, like in this in the NFL, if you don't have an amazing quarterback, you have to be amazing at every position. The Titans aren't. Like they they need to move on from Tannehill. They need to probably just blow up the team and start over.
4: Um, I thought, yeah, just a little comment on this game too, because I think I was really impressed with the Jags defense four sacks, three forced fumbles, and a pick. I thought it was really tremendous um, output, uh, particularly to back up and, and bolster uh, Trevor Lawrence, put him on short fields. But I also think that this was just like a really like nasty, sloppy game. Both teams combined for 14 penalties, 120 yards. And I think that um, ultimately you're going to get a lot of that when you're playing divisional games. Uh, the, the only thing I'll say with Tennessee is – um, they're going to back into a playoff spot similar to the way that Tampa is, and I think it's more of a referendum on the their situation than it is with Tampa because we have more of the explanation with behind Tampa, but not necessarily with Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I think that's some excellent points there, and um, it's too bad in the uh, in the uh, Music City that they can't get the wins that they've been waiting for a long time. But oh well, another week. Another win for Cincinnati. Joe Burrow beats the Browns for the first time. They're fifth in a row. A returning Mixon makes things even more excited in Cincy. Um, You know, Browns suck. They make bad decisions. Deshaun Watson didn't do anything special in his second game back. And the running back by committee didn't do much in Chubb and Hunt either. But I think Cincinnati is really, really, really something to look forward to. And now that everybody's back and also the offensive line improving, there's no reason why that they can't make another deep push once again. How about Cincinnati?
1: Yeah, uh, I I like Cincinnati a lot. Um, I know they, for some reason, had a tough time with uh, Cleveland, but they – Proved it again that they're a very good team. Uh, I think we all were surprised with their slow start, but now they're, everything's clicking. Um, and I think they're a team to watch. Uh, I really like them, uh, what they're doing on both sides of the ball. Um, they're just a very well-balanced team. Uh, I think they're a dark horse team to make another deep run. Do I see them in the Super Bowl? I don't know but I think there are a team that has everything clicking right now. They have all the momentum, and I think that everyone should uh, be watching what the uh, Bengals are doing for the rest of this year.
3: I don't know if you can be a dark horse if you're the defending AFC champion. <laughs> well, everyone, just...
1: Everyone's just throwing everything at the Chiefs right now, or the Bills. And I feel like not everyone's giving yeah. credit to Cincinnati, especially what they did last year. I know that they're defending, the but I feel everyone's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Mahomes, it's, it's Josh Allen.
3: Bengals the have the most well-rounded there. team I yeah. think in the AFC right now. Um I I wanted to see if they could keep stringing things together. I think they got a little bailed out this week though by the Browns who went complete reverse in their identity. Mm-hmm. They let Deshaun Watts throw it 42 times and they had 20 rushing no 18 rushing attempts between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's not their identity. That's not how they play. I think they're trying to like justify Deshaun Watson's contract or getting him back into the flow of the NFL, whatever the case may be. It was a losing strategy, and they deserve to lose that game. The Bengals win the games they're supposed to win, which is why I think, I think they're a very dangerous team. And I believe that if they beat the Bills on uh, that last Monday night game of the season, that they are going to the Super Bowl.
0: That's going to be exciting to talk about at that point for sure. So... We had the Ravens and the Steelers play. You know, there's something about Steelers quarterbacks who get hurt. The backup comes in and throws three picks. That happened now twice. I I, want to know if that ever happened before. But um, Ravens with Huntley at the helm play a close game. And, (laughs) I mean, really depended on the return of J.K. Dobbins, and he just went in. It's like he never missed a beat. And... Now they have to figure out when Lamar Jackson comes back in the next couple weeks, what are they going to do? They are nine and four. It looks like there's a great chance they will make the playoffs. But um, it only sucks when you're trying to build your team and your quarterback is not going to be there in the last few weeks. But taking advantage of a Steelers team that are seems are just going through the motions. Um, Not a good game for them. But regardless, what do you see? What do you see? Where as excuse me, where do you see the Baltimore Ravens going forward with a quarterback that they know they're ultimately going to change for the playoffs? And we all know their defensive issues that they have, especially in closing games. That's why they it was a good thing for them to play a weak offense with a qu- rookie quarterback still trying to figure out what he's doing. But um, the Ravens, do we see anything of note here? especially with what I mentioned with um, the roster having so many changes.
2: I think that the limited quarterback um, just utilization now with Huntley and then Anthony Brown played is that they're going back to the run game, which they started to go away from this season because they wanted to develop um, Lamar Jackson as a passer, which I understand it's not working though. And they do better when he has breakaway read option plays. And they run the ball 42 times. They ran the ball 42 times this game. They had 250 rushing guards on a touchdown. They control time of possession. You know, they only threw, they only had 94 yards on offense in passing. So that goes to show you that they can win just, you know, one dimensional on um, just rushing. But, you know, the defense played a very good game as well. But it's a, they played a bad offense. So we, you know. I'd like to see them develop the run game and pick up steam because Dobbins hasn't played much. Edwards hasn't played much. They're going to need those two guys to really be ready for playoff time uh, for those crucial carries. So I think it will help them.
1: Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I agree. Um, it's also I guess great for the the Ravens that kind of their quarterbacks so all have similar play style, but obviously Lamar is just heading but better than everyone. But I think them going back to what works, like Brian said, was a run game helped them here. Uh, because once Hubley got knocked out, they were going to another quarterback and they just got lucky they were playing the Steelers, uh, but they just hung on to to win the game. So, um,
0: can't play the Steelers every week, yeah,
1: but, but you know, I they were they're missing. They're missing Lamar. I think they really they really hope he can come back soon um and get that offense clicking again. Um and get them kind of geared in the right direction for uh for the postseason.
0: For sure, for sure. And one more game to discuss. You have the Kids City Chiefs playing the Denver Broncos winning thirty four to twenty-eight. Now, here's the thing I wanna ask. What does it say? What does it say about a Chiefs team when they were up originally twenty-seven and zero, but yeah. only went thirty-four to twenty-eight? For all you gamblers out there, they really do never cover. I uh, in the uh, Mahomes era with his Broncos teams that that is terrible. I mean, we saw. We hope Russell Wilson's okay. He had an injury in the game, but um. I don't know. Good thing the Chiefs win, but there is no reason why they let this Broncos team score over 18 points. But um, I, I think, you know, I think that that that's really not good. You can't let this, you know, beyond the wagering frustrations that some wagers may have. You can't let a Broncos team score that much on you.
4: You can really reduce it down to two statistics, which is Mahomes through three crucial INTs and you had 10 penalties accumulating 108 yards. And I thought that just left the door open, even with a substantial lead for Denver to hang around, hang around and let their defense kind of lean on them throughout the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, I was going to agree. And also, why did it take... Fourteen weeks to Russell for Russell Wilson uh, to look like Russell Wilson again. Uh, that is beyond me. That was like the most shocking thing, and I know he got hurt, and we hope he's okay because that concussion was scary. Um, that was my my big takeaway. It wasn't the Chiefs at all because it, it tends to happen with them. Um, they sometimes get put into trap games or situations and they get bored and then they still find a way to win. Uh, the, my big takeaway was why did it take this long for the Broncos to finally look like the Broncos we thought they were going to look like for this whole season to happen at this moment against that team? That was kind of the, the takeaway I had from that uh, from that game.
2: I'll choke it up to a division game. That's why that happened. But uh, what I really love is that People gave me heat like week one or week two that Pat Mahomes any day could throw three picks or uh, three TDs or three interceptions, and we see it. We saw it in the uh, you know the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, he's the best quarterback I have seen in the last like five years, probably. But the way he plays is risky, and I don't like it. And in a, in a one, he's good for a season. He could get you to the game, but am I going to take Pat Mahomes for one game? Hell no! I'm taking Tom Brady or Joe Burrow, honestly, because I they're clutch and they don't throw, they don't turn the ball over. And with this man, he gets he gets like happy feet. He gets too excited, and then he just tries to make too many plays. Like he's lucky that the when he threw that pass, I wouldn't even call it a pass, a toss to Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, he's lucky. Hand. He's lucky that the linebacker just didn't put one hand up and pick it off, or he would have had four. So mainstream
0: media is gonna love that. Oh yeah, put it on, please. Like, how it, it might be like the this. greatest play in the history of football. Now, according to the mainstream media, for that. but I, it might be. It they might love be. dick riding Patrick Mahomes. They like cupping balls for him. I um.
3: Well, I guess I'll be I'll be on the ride train then. Um, <laughs> the, the Chiefs have a top five offense the last five seasons in a row. Patrick Mahomes has gone to the AFC Championship game four years in a row. I will oh, take yeah, every him. year as a starter. I'll take, I'll take him every time. I mean, when I look at him, this situation reminds me of what Peyton Manning had with the Colts. This is a complete failure by the Chiefs front office in building a great defense because the Chiefs defense is soft. Like Brian was saying about the Cowboys earlier, the Chiefs' defense is soft, and it's the reason why they probably won't win another Super Bowl. You know, until they fix this problem, because when they go up against the Bills or the Bengals, they're going to get exposed because of the fact that their defense can't keep up with other great offenses. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. If your team scores thirty-four points on offense. And then you love twenty eight points to the Broncos. How is that Patrick Mahomes we're talking about right now? What the hell did the Chiefs' defense do again? They just take the night off. They're like, oh yeah, we don't feel like playing today. I mean, that's complete garbage, man. You know, what? these guys are letting this offense down because, as far as I'm concerned, you have a like generational type quarterback, and you should be able to shut down good teams. And if you're not, then the front office is to get in there and just completely contr- change the construction of the defensive roster.
2: I no, I was saying before. Oh, I was once, well. My bad. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I I wasn't I wasn't shit on Pat Mahomes. Like I, I I do like him. I'm just saying for the for a one game, you know, leave it. You know, take all or leave it. I'm yeah. not taking him because of the risk. Also, this defense is an issue because of how much money they gave him. You mm-hmm. cannot pay him and Travis Kelsey, Orlando Brown, at offensive tackle. And you know you can't do that. You know you can't you can't spend that much money on offense and expect your defense to be good.
3: Uh, that's I, not I, always I, true, though. We, I mean, you can get good capital in the draft. I mean, the money's going to be spent regardless. Uh, I the think money- they just suck at drafting the right people on defense. They they're they're inept. The money is going to be spent regardless.
4: That was exactly why they moved Tyreek in the offseason because they didn't want to pay him the bag and get stuck with a, a really anemic uh, roster. But furthermore, I think we need just to be more specific too with with this defense. I think there's still plenty of talent on that front four. They had six sacks this game, and they had plenty of pressures throughout. I just thought that the secondary is really, really thin and really weak, and I think that's probably where the emphasis should be in the offseason.
0: All right. Now let's look ahead to week 15 in the NFL and make these picks. All right, gentlemen, let's start with Thursday night where we have where we have the Seattle Seahawks going up against the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco was going over to San Francisco. Sorry, they are going over to Seattle. San Francisco opens at minus three and a half. I think the Seattle Seahawks woes are going to continue. They're going to end up at 500 and Seattle are going to sorry and San Francisco is going to win easily and get another win for Brock Purdy, his first on the road.
2: I'm feeling a trap game. I'm feeling a big trap mm. game here. I think if Kenneth uh I think Kenneth Walker plays, I think they control the clock enough just um and I think Purdy Purdy will eventually have his quarterback well and have a bad game. And I think the defense has been playing stellar all season and like how Dallas's defense has playing stellar all season. They had that one bad game against a team they didn't expect. And I expect this to be the same. I expect the 49ers to not have their top game coming off a such a dominant win against such a uh a monument icon of this league in Tom Brady. I expect a little sluggishness coming out um on a short week as well. I expect Seattle to win by a field goal.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
3: Yeah, I'm um I've been on the Seattle train all year and it's got I got to get off at this stop because I thought that for weeks that Seattle would step up to the plate and win this type of a game, but their defense has been absolutely just porous, just like Swiss cheese out there getting abused by every offensive line. 49ers have, like, the best offensive line, I think, in the league. They're going to embarrass the Seahawks. I think they're going to run up and down the field on them, 49ers.
1: Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. They might have a sluggish start, but I don't think that's going to cost them to the game. Uh, I think just the 49ers are so talented, uh, and I haven't, like, Seattle started up for having a really solid defense, but they've just been not great over these past few weeks, so that's why I'm going to take the 49ers, uh, and I'm going to do the three and a half. Uh,
4: Like A. Young likes to say, if there's one
1: time to use the 10-point spread, this would
4: be
0: it. I don't know if they're that separated, but um, regardless, I think San Francisco is winning. So, you know, it's the end of the year when you have Saturday football games. There's going to be three. Let's start with them now. Indianapolis Colts are going to Minnesota. returning from their bye week. No more T.Y. Hilton. I know that will be missed. Anyways. Minus for four, minus four even for the Vikings. I think um, they're going to get back into their winning ways with this one. Going to have Saturday, Kirk Cousins come in and bounce back after a tough loss against Detroit. And also coming back home is going to help them give it to Minnesota.
2: Great. Colts they're up and down this season every other week. So you know what? Mm. Let's hit a spike. Jeff Saturday pulls <laughs> something out of his analyst pocket right now. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan wants to show that he's a little bit good still. I you know, I feel like the fall of the Vikings is coming every week now.
3: <laughs> uh Colts also. I think uh it feels like a trap game to me. Colts coming off a bye. Vikings have a weak run defense. Jonathan Taylor.
4: I think um you Guys are thinking a little too much about this. I think that they're going to course correct coming home. They'll probably win. Uh, they'll probably win a tight game, but it'll probably be like a seven-eight point
3: win. To be fair, you said that last week about the Vikings.
1: Well, <laughs> I can see this. I, I didn't is, it, that. is it Alex's kiss of death right there? Yeah, <laughs> oh,
4: My kiss of death. Well, I don't know what the policy is on one o'clock Saturdays for Kirk Cousins. They're not very frequent. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just think I. I just have more faith that a team like this with playoff aspirations can course correct after a tough divisional loss.
0: The Ravens are going to Cleveland. Cleveland is opening at minus two and a half. I say we're going to have – for me, I'm going to go with Cleveland on this one. I think um, for a messy defense, especially a – a, um, especially for a team that is still trying to figure out what they're going to do moving forward and having quarterback issues. I think if Deshaun Watson is able to get his first victory in two years, it would be off of this game, but I think it'll be more of a return running back by committee, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb as responsible for it.
2: I think this game comes down to the injury report right now. Tyler Huntley, Demarcus Robinson, their offensive tackle, Lamar Jackson are questionable. So, like, you know, if they lose two quarterbacks, their number one receiver, basically, I don't see them winning. On the same side with the Browns, though, David Njoku and Amari Cooper are both questionable. You know, Cooper was on a snap count with that game with a hip injury. When you lose your, two, your number one and number two options in the passing game, you have to rely on that run game more, so... I think the Browns squeak it out, maybe like three to seven point victory, but I think it's gonna be a close one.
1: I agree. I think it's gonna be a close one too. Uh, I think we're all still waiting to see the, the Sean Watson statement game. I think this could be it, uh, but I think it's still gonna be close. And uh, just seeing the Ravens, uh, especially without Lamar, uh, if he doesn't play, uh, I think you know the Browns can sneak a win here.
4: I think yeah. Was- I, oh, go ahead, Alex. Oh, all I was going to say is I think this is a perfect game to tee up uh, the Browns' defense, especially with Miles Garrett in that front four. So I think they they could probably easily take this game.
3: Technically, the Browns are not out of the playoff hunt, uh, and I think they're at home. Ravens are injured. This feels like an easy Browns win. Mm -hmm.
0: And the final Saturday game, which is very, very intriguing. Saturday night, 8.15 p.m., the Miami Dolphins are going to Buffalo to play the Bills. The 8-5 and five Dolphins playing the 10-3 Bills. Two games back in the AFC East. Buffalo is opening at minus 7.5. Wow. Do we see Miami breaking their losing streak, getting back in the win column? Do we see the Bills continuing Uh, They're winning ways and getting people really hyped to believe in them again. If you're asking me, I say the Buffalo Bills are going to pull this victory off. I do think that the Dolphins can cover, but I ultimately think at home, Josh Allen and his team can win.
2: I also just don't see a team from Florida doing well in Buffalo. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's like that's oh, it's epidemic. supposed to snow. By the way, I believe it's yeah. supposed to snow Saturday. Um, night. Okay. Right.
2: Like that's not that's not helping. Tua already yeah. can't see over the line. Imagine if I had a few inches onto the ground of snow, he's definitely not seeing over that hill. So it's gonna be difficult for him. Um, I think they're sliding. Um, th- they only do well when they have a good run game, and that um, Tua could play action and roll off of that. Um, Jeff Wilson, who is the best running back they have, um, and Raheem Mostert are both injured right now. Most of it was limited in this game and Jeff Wilson left this uh, game against the Chargers. So if they don't get that run game and that health, um, have health there, I think it's going to be a problem for them. So I go with the Bills.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills too. I think the Dolphins can cover. I agree with you there, Matt. I think it's going to be a, a fun game. I hope it's going to be a fun game for all of our sakes uh, with those two playing each other. Uh, but just, uh, I just don't see the Dolphins correct themselves. They have some injuries and just seen two of these last few weeks I don't know what he's going to expect against the, the Buffalo defense with the bad weather. I mean, it's only be like one to three, inches just snow, which is like light work for Buffalo, but again, <laughs> cold day, um, but.
0: And that's rain to yeah, them.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty sure, you know, the dolphins will come prepared and be ready to go, but I think the bills are going to take this one.
3: So it was a uh, 54 degrees in Los Angeles. Uh, this past weekend, and they really? had like the the, the stadium had like, you know, there's like an open set uh-huh. side to it. Uh, apparently, the Dolphins actually had uh, propane-like heaters on their <laughs> side of the field when it was 54 degrees. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting the Bills to uh, actually more than cover here. I think Bills <laughs> mm-hmm. um, could win by at least 10. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I actually think it's going to be a tight game. I think Miami's going to give it
4: all they've got, but um, I am going to uh, put this on the record. I think that this is probably the nail in the coffin for them to miss the playoffs. Um, I think that looking at the end of the year for the schedule outside of this game, I think that it's going to be really tough to come back from three straight losses, particularly with these divisional matchups.
0: So this is very exciting. Going to the Sunday games now, we have Detroit versus the Jets. The line is actually even at the moment, so it's a pick them. We have the Jets incredible defense against the Lions, incredible offense. This like like I said, it's a pick'em. It could go either way. For me, I think that Detroit is gonna win this. I think it'll be I think it'll be quite a daunting task to try to ask them to beat this Jets defense at home, especially but I think uh, they could be good enough to stop them. And we'll ultimately see where it goes there. But I'm picking Detroit. And and with with also, may may I add, excuse me, um, with all the momentum Detroit is having and the love, I think that's going to rub off on them really well.
2: I agree with you, but I feel like these teams are very like mirror opposites of each other Mm. just on how their strengths and weaknesses. And I really can't pick a team here and it's been a weird NFL season, so I'm gonna go with a tie. I think they're gonna tie. The game was going in a tie.
0: Boy, put that on FanDuel right now. What, I, what would know, be
2: more? What would be more Jet-like in a season where they need to continue to make wins to make the playoffs to, the playoffs to get a tie against Detroit? It would just make <laughs> sense, and it would just kill is that their a playoff jet thing. Or a Lion
3: thing, though. I feels like that's like pure Lions, though.
2: Do you, do you I think? feel like, yeah, for I, I both of them, and it's very them.
4: So we know we know that Dan Campbell loves to get fired up. What do you think he would do if he tied?
0: I'd think he'd be I pissed. Mean, <laughs> you're still in playoff <laughs> contention. Maybe I think he'd walk. I
2: think I think he'd walk home. I think he'd walk home. Yeah, the yeah, I'd, yeah.
3: <laughs> I have seen so many of these matchups over the years. The great offense versus the great defense. The one thing that you always learn is that you get really excited about the great offense, and the great defense always wins. And the great yeah. defense is at home. I'm taking the Jets
1: yeah as much as much as i uh like
3: that the uh
1: how, what the lines have been doing these last few weeks uh the Lions did beat the giants uh so i have a vendetta against them and i will go with the other new york team to avenge that loss for us giants fans so let's mm-hmm. go jets uh, i hope they you know beat the lions i
4: have an interesting, I have an interesting yeah. prediction i say that it goes down to the wire Um uh, jared goff has a um a, Game tying uh, touchdown sends it to overtime, and I say they win in overtime.
0: The tie is plus eight. It's plus eighty five hundred. So Brian, put that in there because you could have a great day if that works out. You're buying dinner. I'll put it in right now. Oh, well, hey, I've, stranger things have happened, right? So this Sunday night. Even though they, I don't know why it's not. A, oh, wait, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, I'm going to save this after Eagles versus the bears. Eagles are going to Chicago. They are minus nine point favorites. Even um, e- the bears are turning from their bye week. I think the Eagles are just going to continue their winning ways. I think they're good enough to cover on this. And um, it'll be nice to see Justin Fields again, but that's it. Eagles are going to win this and cover.
4: It should be over by halftime.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the uh, the the subs will be coming in out of the tunnel at half. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a wrap. Uh, just seeing what the Eagles did last week, I think they can continue to do that again this week and get to the
2: Bears. I wouldn't even start Jalen Hurts at quarterback this week. But like Gordon and Minch would get, <laughs> get a ride and just get him ready. God forbid you need him in playoffs, knowing uh, the past history of the Eagles in the playoffs, they always lose a quarterback. Um, so maybe get him some experience. But, yeah, no, this game might be the biggest point differential of the season.
3: I think the Bears cover. Um, (laughs) I really do. I think the Eagles are in trap game uh, territory. Looking ahead to Dallas next week. Uh, You can't overlook the Bears. They have a great offense. They're a great rushing team. We have a mediocre rush defense. I think um, nine points is too much.
0: Really? All right. Respect that. The Falcons are playing the Saints. New Orleans opening at minus four. Give this to Atlanta on this one
1: yeah i I, i'm excited to see ritter um i I liked him in college uh it's kind of surprising that the falcons decided to go with him now at this point of the season um with them still having a shot to get to the playoffs but uh i'm excited to see what he does so i'm gonna go with the falcons get that uh first win under his belt
0: all right
3: I'm taking the Saints because whatever you think should happen in the NFC South, the opposite happens. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason. I'm ma- going
2: Can you right. say, say it, Alex. No, you
4: go. Oh, I was just going to say, I, it, this kind of makes no sense from Atlanta's standpoint because they're playing with house money. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. So why are you putting a rookie quarterback out there this late in the season? It just kind of makes no sense to me.
2: So uh, I think out of spite, I'm going to pick the Saints. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints on the sole reason that they have the best quarterback in their division at backup right now. Hot take in Jameis Winston, and you
0: love Jameis Winston.
2: Love Jameis Winston. Has I like Jameis too. Yeah, has yeah. a great arm. He learned how to not throw picks.
0: And Remember how mad you got about with him? You were like his mom out there defending those injuries of.
2: <laughs> well, when mm-hmm. you get hit in the spinal cord, it's you know, yeah. to your spine. You know what I mean? In the words of uh, Mike Tyson, it's spinal. So you got to be careful. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think the Saints is winning because the defense is more well-rounded. Oh, yeah.
0: Steelers are going to play the Panthers in Carolina. Carolina opening at minus two and a half. Sam Donald's going to continue to win.
4: <laughs> yeah, this team's, they're they're hyper-motivated. They still got a shot. The window's open on uh, that horrible division. So, I got Carolina winning.
1: Yep, I'm going with Carolina in this one as well.
3: Same here. Um, yeah, my last rule still applies. Whatever you think is going to happen, <laughs> it's the opposite. Steelers. <laughs> Not only that, they're going to have more fans in the stands than the Panthers will, for sure.
0: The Cowboys are playing Jacksonville. The Dallas opening at minus four and a half. Dallas is going to Jacksonville, by the way. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win this. They're going to cover and they're going to give heart attacks to all the Cowboy fans and they're going to start um, getting their picket signs ready for when they have their ultimate demise As the Cowboys fan in this group said that um, this is going to be the true beginning of the end. Trevor Lawrence is going to a really, really make some noise, defeating Dallas.
4: So remember how we said um, that there was uh that there was going to be like uh, more Steelers fans and the uh, than Panthers at home. There's going to be like ninety percent Cowboys fans in Jacksonville because no one's a Jacksonville fan except for people in London. Um, but I actually
2: Jaguars yeah, upsetting. So this is my track. I have Jack. I have Jacksonville being Dallas for the sole reason. I don't think you're sole... a
0: Cowboys fan. No,
2: yeah,
3: a no, I this. am.
2: I really am. I'm just mad at them. I just don't like the way they. Hand. I, don't, I, I like. I will never be fully happy with a Dallas Cowboy team until two things: Tony Romo's the head coach, and Jerry Jones is six feet under. Um, and that is when I will be happy as a Cowboy fan because Jerry Jones is ruining the franchise every single year because he is a tyrant at in the NFL. Um,
0: he's an oil man of course
2: (laughs) yeah come on big oil you know it fixes everything down there in big old Texas Um, but yeah no Jacksonville has the better offense right now in my opinion and and I I think my defense is in a big lull right now
3: I love Jerry Jones We're uh, putting that one up on TikTok okay Um, I gotta say it's uncomfortable again piling on the Cowboys when the Cowboys fan (laughs) is piling on the Cowboys I think Cowboys have a similar game to last week squeaker Uh, They find a way to win in the end, like 27-24 type of a game. But I think Jacksonville puts like the fear of God in them, and they're going to go into next week feeling a little shaky.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with Desmond. Um, I think the Jags are going to cover, but I think they're going to really wake up the Cowboys. Um, Just I think it's going to be a close game. Um, And I think the Cowboys are not going to be ready for it. And I think it would put some some shock on it. So I completely agree with Desmond, but I'm going to go – Cowboys winning a close one, but the Jags are going to cover that spread.
0: The Chiefs are going to Houston this week. Chiefs are opening a minus minus fourteen even. I know l- you,
1: you. You guys uh, already know my answer to this one.
0: I do. Like I think it's going to be like as I mentioned, the Chiefs will win, but they won't cover. And I think Houston's going to give them another. Uh, going to give another great effort. Um yeah, Like they did last week.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't touch ten. I don't, re- and I will never go over eleven and a half or higher. And we saw why last week. Like that is my case study right there. This is why <laughs> you don't go seventeen and a half and pick a Cowboys team because you have no idea what can happen on Sunday. And I feel the same thing can happen here. That's a big spread. Anything can happen. So Texans cover. Um, you want to try to get some money? I say they cover. Chiefs are going to win that, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans cover again.
0: The card negative. Oh wait, oh, I'm sorry. yeah. I, I was kidding. gonna say.
3: Um, I think the the Texans have a full view of like a uh, Bryce Young, like right in their face. I think they're rolling <laughs> out the tank this week. I think the, the I think the Chiefs won by twenty one. I think the Texans are just gonna just they're just planting. They're they're done. They're just done. They they're giving up on purpose. So well, they just did show that last that, game too. Yeah, going I think Chiefs will actually
1: cover this time. Instead of taking the points, going forward on fourth and goal, instead <laughs> of taking the points, they kind of showed, yeah, that something's going yeah. on here.
3: Yeah, the tank was rolled out for that yeah.
4: play. I, I think being generous to uh, Alabama that they're looking at Bryce Young.
3: Oh, we we'll uh, will save that debate for the offseason. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be a big debate. It's, that will be. going to be fun. Yeah. Yes.
0: So this is an awkward game. The Cardinals are going to the Broncos Denver opening lot. at minus three. I think um Denver's going to win this one.
1: I threw up in my mouth a little bit looking I at just this. Did. <laughs> I got a bad taste. I've been eating like chips on the side here and I, I got a bad taste <laughs> in my mouth mid chip. Just hearing that game. It's going to be like nine, nine to three. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Uh, I don't, know. I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know if Russ is going to play. If Russ is playing, I would go with the Broncos. But I, you know what? Screw it. Former backup quarterback for the Giants, Colt McCoy, uh, who won in Seattle for them. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to take Colt McCoy. There you go.
3: You know what? I'm actually going Broncos because Russell Wilson's not playing. <laughs> 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 That's my whole reason.
2: Broncos. Uh, Let's I'm run gonna- I'm gonna take the Cardinals just because, like, why not? Um, I usually am right about picking JJ Watt. Good game, like good, great games by him. I did it a couple of weeks ago. I think JJ Watt has like a three sack game just to show that he's relevant still. The
0: Patriots are going to play the Raiders. Josh McDaniels versus, Stop versus uh, Bill <laughs> Belichick. New England's only opening at minus one. I'm what? gonna give. Yeah, I'm going to give uh, the Raiders of this one. As I mentioned, I think the uh, internal issues for the Patriots are going to really show on the field. And I'll say one thing. The Raiders don't take advantage of that. This is as putrid as it gets. But they really need to take advantage of a team that seems to not even like each other. And if you still lose to that, that's what I'm
4: saying thank you very much you left that right on a silver platter this team can't even get out of a paper bag white paper bag they're
1: an embarrassment we should Um, all pick the Raiders just to get Alex annoyed just to get him fired
3: up (laughs) yeah you have fun with that pick (laughs) I'm on top of that actually I'm having Raiders by 10 you know that's actually how I feel about this in fact not only that but I will also say that this is the last game of the season that the Raiders win so it's going to be a great way to go out for them You, you guys are not you guys are not good friends uh, I, I'm,
1: <laughs> Alex, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even trying to mess with you. I am going Raiders here, but oh, I'm not. God. I'm not going Ted. I am. I am going Raiders here. Uh, I think Davis wants to show Belichick that he could be a decent head coach, and that's the only reason why I'm picking them here uh, to win that game.
0: And the Patriots you know, are just suspect anyway, so they're yeah, on a great team. Yeah, exactly. That that's that's why. You know, there was. It, one of my freshman football years, right? You know, we lost a game once, two to nothing. Maybe this would be the one thing that could happen here. <laughs> True story. In the cold, in the snow, in Fairfield. In Fairfield, actually, Brian, Try lost up. Fairfield Wool Award, two to nothing. <laughs> like, this is what's going to happen here. <laughs> and this is high school. This is high school, but, like, this is what could happen in this game, Zuno, or one of these Raider games. Two to nothing. <laughs> The game ends
2: two nothing.
0: Brian, did you? I some football. Need,
2: I don't need even, take know. I don't, I don't even know who to like. like <laughs> I, I feel like picking this is like like pulling my like which tooth should I pull the top molar or the back mm-hmm. molar or the bottom molar? Like, I I go with the Raiders just because like Derek Carr is a very streaky quarterback and usually after bad game he has a great game. So I'm saying the Raiders on that alone. Um, but it's gonna be a close one.
0: I hope not. The Titans are going to Los Angeles, both seven and six teams. Chargers opening at minus three. I think the Chargers are going to cover and get this ball rolling for them and um, give Brandon Stanley another year of coaching if they really pull this one, which I think they will.
1: I'm going Chargers in this one, too. Uh, (laughs) It's just... Yeah, I don't really have any huge explanation with Matt. I don't really like this game too, too much. But uh, I'm just going with Herbert. He's been clicking. He made some incredible throws last week. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to think he's going to, you know, take advantage. So I'm going to charge him.
3: I think um, I think Titans are motivated to prove that they're not a washed, like terrible team. I think they're going to go out to Los Angeles and get this win.
2: I'm expecting the Chargers to win. I think they're getting hot. Everyone's healthy. Mike Williams looks fantastic in his return. I think yep. it's really, you know, like how could you cover that team? Like if it, even their tight end who is, you know, not the best stat-wise is a very shifty player. And I just think it's too hard on secondaries on this offense.
4: I got Chargers by 9 or 10. I think that uh, Titans on a downward spiral right now. And um, if they do, you know, win that division, which I expect them to, it's going to be – Similar to you know they're going to be they're going to be a sub five hundred team.
0: You have the Bengals playing against the Bucks since he's going to Tampa since he's opening at minus three and a half. Cincinnati's going to win their six win in, going to win their sixth game in a row, and uh, the Buccaneers are going to be. Tied at least with one of the two teams that are right behind them after this game.
3: Yeah. I um think this is the second consecutive blowout that we're gonna see. I called a blowout last week. Um definitely true. Another blowout this week. I think the Bengals win by at least at least fourteen. I think uh Tom Brady's gonna look old and slow. The receiving core is old and slow. They don't got a chance in this game. Yeah, agreed. Yeah.
2: I think Tom Sorry. Brady might cry I think Tom Brady might cry this game
0: <laughs> Now he's only three and two Since his divorce <laughs> uh, Oh god
2: This stat again mm-hmm. I
3: come back at
1: two weeks And you're still using that stat <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I think this is the lock of the week I'm, I'm going Bengals here um, For everyone's points uh, It's just I have no faith in the Bucks. The Bengals are rolling um, And yeah That's why I'm going with them the
0: only, th- blowout, yeah. the only thing Tom Brady, what if he saw the Giselle red carpet pictures and then there's dramatic music in the background? It's like this can't end like this. Let's go. I don't know, something like that. And then you still know. <laughs> no, nah. nah.
4: All things nah. lead. all things end with Antonio Brown.
0: <laughs> oh my god. That's one person I don't want to talk about. And I will talk about everything. But not yeah. Okay. Sunday night, a game that was flexed. Two teams, 7-5-1. The Giants are going to Washington against the Commanders. Washington, minus 4.5. I have to go with my head on this one. Washington is a more complete team at this moment, and you'll have a returning Chase Young who will eat Saquon Barkley alive. I don't want to say this, but I have to. I think Washington is going to win this game, and they'll cover. But if Seahawks lose, we can still still keep our hopes up in the playoff race. But um, I'm going to have to give Washington this one.
1: Uh, I'm not going to be the biased Giants fan. I'm I'm just saying here. I can't go with what Matt said. I think what we saw a few weeks ago, I know Chase Young is coming back, but they still played the Commanders tough. Mm-hmm. This is the Giants' playoff this week. If they lose, they're done. I'm saying it right now. They lose to the Commanders, season's done. But just what I saw a few weeks ago against them, I think they come in, they have a game plan, they know how to stop. how to keep this time, uh, and I think the Giants on the road. They always play the Commanders tough. I think they're going to come away with a win.
0: Hey, from your lips to God's ear for sure.
2: I always like to say crazy things on this podcast. And, you know, I've never seen a team play each other, have a bye that play each other yeah. again like this. And you know what? Seven, five, and two sounds really good. <laughs> I'm, going oh, God. I'm going with the tie just to cause stress. Just to cause stress in the lives of Giants and, and Commanders fans. How's Seven, there ever- five, and two. A, a double tie
0: boy that that that'd be a mess um uh, I, I don't know if there's there ever been a team that has two by, two ties i do not sure had there ever. is i'm um, going to google that while you uh give your picks on that
3: i'm i'm going to take the giants here uh i'm just i feel like they got too much pride on that team to kind of let this season get away from the way it has <laughs> And I'm just not that impressed with the commanders. I know everyone's really impressed with them. They're like, oh, they're so great. They're so disciplined. They're so gritty. I just, I think it's a lot of fluff. I really do. I don't think the commanders are that
0: special. I um, I like the Giants.
4: I got one.
0: So according to this, there has never, yep. since the adoption of overtime in 74, no team has had two ties in the same season. Wow. Wow. Okay, so we'll see if history will be made this week, Brian. And if you if you bet that again, it's yeah, it's about plus ninety six hundred. So imagine if you hit both, and if you you do both, (laughs) just at ten dollars each, you'll win over twenty thousand dollars. So we'll see if that happens. Gotta put them in, combine them. Oh man. Then finally, remember Aaron Rodgers? He's back this week. Um they're going to so we're going to have the Rams go to Green Bay, which really is a mess. Monday night, it's even going to be on ABC. Wow. Anyways, Rams play the Packers. Packers opening at minus seven. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, beat Baker Mayfield, who looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback this week. And Green Bay is going to hype people up for a total of twenty four hours, and then they'll realize, oh yeah, this team sucks ass. Technically yeah. in the playoff, it's technically in the hunt, though. But let's be real. So yeah. who are you picking? Oh, sorry. Um, I'm picking Green Bay in this one minus seven. Oh, okay. uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, um, they're gonna cover this one.
1: Yeah, I've agreed. Uh, Packers here. Uh, it was great seeing Baker go uh, ninety eight yards to win a game, but that's not happening oh, two wasn't. weeks in a row. And uh, sorry, Alex, uh, hearing that on the radio. <laughs> by the way, was fantastic. If you guys can go hear the radio call that drive, it's like the funniest thing to me. Like it just excitement for that punt to just absolute craziness for that last minute. It was. I insane. gotta check that out. But uh, but yeah, the the radio guys over there did a fantastic job calling that game. Uh, but Yeah, I'm going with the Packers here, uh, even though uh, we had a blast ripping Alex on the
2: Baker game winner last week. I'm taking the Packers all day. I think Aaron Jones will have a big game, but I think Baker Mayfield will play a good game. I think he is going to prove his relevance in these last few games for the Rams.
3: I completely disagree. I think – Baker Mayfield is like the third worst QBR in the, NFL, in the NFL this season. The Raiders like really bailed him out by playing like atrocious defense down the stretch. I think the Packers win by more than 10.
4: I don't know if it's more than 10, but I think the Packers win pretty hand, handily. Um, this should be like a layup of a game, um, control the game with the run game uh, for Green Bay, and they should uh, they should be fine.
0: All right, so that'll cover this week, guys. Can't wait to circle back in a week to see where this goes, and let's enjoy another stellar week of football, the college football, the college bowl game start this weekend as well, so get into that, and um, let's see what happens, guys. A lot is on the line. Have a great night, gentlemen. What a great time and a great vibe. Great job, gentlemen. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out on the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod, or on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So that does it. Another week in the books, another great podcast. Thank you to Desmond, Alex, Alex, Brian, and Doloren for all the work you do in making this show possible. Thank you to the greatest fans and listeners in the world for your support and making this show as special as it can be. And we have some more great content coming to you next week. You do not want to miss it. So you enjoy this weekend before Christmas. You enjoy... You enjoy uh, Hanukkah. That's coming up for all our Jewish listeners. That starts on Monday, I believe. So happy Hanukkah. And yeah, let's continue to enjoy the holiday season. Let's take in the rest of the year as best as we can. Just don't forget to check in on your friends and family. And there will be some great times ahead. So with that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I will see you next week. Love each and every single one of you. All right, peace. When you grab me on the waistline,
2: waistline, waistline.